All right, welcome everyone to episode 55 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Good to be back, you guys. We missed you. Yeah, it's kind of sad to do a show all alone last time. Sorry, Bill. Oh, yeah, all alone. Sa- <laughs> well, I, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, I'm I sure Bill now. was enjoying himself a little bit more <laughs> with his wife than he was with us, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I hated to miss the show. It was our 10 year anniversary, um, and in lieu of going to Europe like we wanted to for our 10 year anniversary, we went to a restaurant and ate outside, 30 feet away from <laughs> any other human. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a blast. But no, we, we did enjoy, uh, uh, we left, uh, uh, my parents have been self-quarantining for a bit because my, my sister had a, a baby and they wanted to be able to see see her. So um, we left the kids with my parents and we had a nice little couple of days to ourselves, which was kind of cool. But uh, listen to the show, as always, and it was a really good discussion. I, I was quite proud of both of you. <laughs> you seem to have learned so much from my previous guidance (laughs) well somebody had to defend the xbox faithful so right oh yeah speaking of that i have one quick correction let me just check my notes um yes uh uh, kelsey in episode 54 uh you said that the dual shock was a good controller and it is not so quick just get it out of the way right off the top But yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great show. Um, I thought the conversation uh, was was really, really good. It was uh, it was what I expect from uh, a couple of smart dudes who uh, have uh, solid opinions and uh, some good some good discourse, uh, a little back and forth on the the types of gamers, you know, that because uh, that's you guys said it. They're really doing different things, and not just uh, Microsoft and Sony. Uh, all three of them. Like I've been reading so many stories lately. Like the console war is over. But not in the sense that someone has won or lost it. It's Nobody's just, competing n- with each other anymore. Yep. Nintendo's doing a thing. Sony's doing a thing. Microsoft's doing a thing. Hey, we all got our own parties. And, yeah. you know, I, I honestly wish them all to be successful. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and I think they can be. So, but yeah, great discussion. Thought it was awesome. Um, and uh, uh, so I thought we'll uh, I'll just jump right back in with um, kind of like uh, uh, what we're playing uh, what we've been doing before we kind of get on to the main topic, which is going to be uh, the season of the canceled convention, uh, which is sad, but we have to talk about it uh, because they mean a lot to us. Yeah, it's uh, pour one out for your favorite con. So uh, hopefully we have some some good uh, some good meat on the bone there to, to get into. So I'll start with a huge surprise. I've been playing Destiny 2. Um, for the for the first time, uh, I completed the Leviathan raid on Prestige difficulty last night. Um, I've completed. This is the is, raid is that, that originally. Highest difficulty. What? what how did yes. they go? Yeah. So in raids, um, it's just a, a normal and prestige. There are other. Um, Do you feel uh, it would have been more enjoyable on easy though? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I had the option. <laughs> <laughs> So um, in other in other activities like strikes, you do have, you know, kind of the, your standard, uh, you know, like there's like adept and then, you know, master and then grandmaster. So you do have, you know, kind of uh, multiples like that for raids. Typically um, in D1, there is a normal and a prestige mode where prestige would new, would usually just add like a couple of more mechanics, maybe like one more mechanic per fight um, that's more punishing. And it was just a way for, for kind of like the top level guys to be like, okay, how can we push ourselves just a little bit more? Um, and then in Destiny 2, originally they were like, you know, we're not going to do prestige because we feel like the encounter is designed in a way that, you know, if you can pass it, like that's, that's you know, really the test. 
Um, so not every raid has a prestige mode, but um, it was the uh, uh, it was the only achievement in the game I didn't have. Um, I'm not really an achievement hunter. Uh, I used to be. I used to think they were cool and just you know watching the number go up. And if you love that, that's awesome. Um, it's just not something I go after anymore. But uh, um, every summer, Destiny does this thing called Moments of Triumph, where they kind of give you a reason, you know, excuse or reason to go back and play some old content. Um, and they kind of give you like a checklist, you know, like, you know, do all these old things and get this score or kill this many bad guys or do this stuff. And if you get enough of them, you either earn some in-game stuff, you can earn um, like a t-shirt. Uh, uh, so it's kind of cool when you go to conventions and you see other dudes with this t-shirt. You're like, oh, Destiny, bro, Moments of Triumph 2018 <laughs> or whatever. Um, and then uh, you, it, now that the game has in-game titles... You can also have your little, you know, moments of triumph, uh, bro, title, like kind of hovering over your head. So somebody's like, "Oh, it's Bill. He's cool. He he beat prestige," uh, you know. So um, yeah. So we we jumped in the uh, the LFG with some clan guys and and we got it done. So it was cool. It it took longer than we expected. That was uh, we started at like nine thirty, nine forty five. We were done at like one in the morning. Whoa. One fifteen. Jeez. So yeah. And it's and you know that's the way raids are. Like if you're with like a crazy good, you know, the best teams, like they can speed run these things in you know like 20, 30, 40 minutes, depending on you know how crazy they want to get. But but raids are typically like a you know two to three hour, on the high difficulty. Uh, you know, again, it really depends on the player. But I'm I'm happy with that uh, time. We had we had fun. We had a good time with that. Um, and then I just wanted to mention that the kids are playing Piku Niku. Uh, you guys familiar with this game? My girls have played that one quite a bit too. Yep, they like it. It's a good one. I am not surprised. Game Pass, Chris. <laughs> 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 like this is Game so, Pass, and the kids say, "Ooh, so, that looks interesting." Download exactly, so, exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, so a couple reasons, and you guys talked about it uh, very smartly on a la- on the uh, episode fifty four. Is people aren't going out as much, so you know we're not at Target looking at game boxes you know like we're, we're sitting in front of the tv and i pull up games and then there is the game store but it's like well i have game pass so let's just look at game pass and then we pull up game pass and we say what's new what's popular show me everything and we just kind of go right down the list and i know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover but my kids look at covers and they're like that <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. i would like to play that so um we've gotten we gotten a handful we got uh uh, uh piku niku is one they they chose um, we got a couple the Kingdom Hearts, uh, like the seven previous Kingdom Hearts games just got uh, like the, the 1.5 and the 2.8 uh, like collections that have been on Sony platforms for forever have now come to Xbox. So those are in there. Some Final Fantasies. But this Piku Niku game is just this really cute, simple little 2D, um, you know, pl- like platformy, very light puzzle solving uh, kind of humorous, you know, there's some reading in it, so it helps if either they're learning to read or you can, you know, read with them. Actually pretty funny when you read some of the dialogue. Uh, the final boss fight is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, and they just, and the music is great. So it's one of these things, kind of like Outer Wilds, where, like, they'll get into it and they'll play a bit, and like, oh, Daddy, help me with this, or Daddy, read me this. And then we're out in the car, and they're like, Daddy, put on Spotify. <laughs> And then you're, and they're like, let me listen to Piku Niku. And like for some games, they're like, I want to hear Super Mario, you know, this or that. And I'm like, oh, buddy, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be on there. The entire Piku Niku soundtrack's on Spotify. So lucky <laughs> us. <laughs> 
So, uh, but yeah, Piku Niku is great. Um, and if, you know, whether or not, you, if you have Game Pass, you know, give it a shot because it's included. If not, just like take a look at the trailers. Um, just nice, like bright, colorful, kind of very, very, you know, high contrast. Um, I don't know how else uh, uh, to describe it uh, quickly, Chris. It's like goofy kind of controls, but fun, right? So it's kind of like that, especially like the girls thought it was the funniest things. Like you get the little you know, things you can wear, right, on Piku Niku, mm. and something you have to use to solve puzzles and things, but did did your kids find the arms? Yes. Oh, so when they, when they <laughs> found the arms, like the arms oh, just, man. just flail. They have no purpose and, at all. Yep, and it's almost like, uh, uh, Kelsey, it's like your, uh, uh, your kitty backpack in oh, Saints yeah. Row. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> Yep, and then there's a co-op mode where like the like you can have two Piku Nikus like connected with like a tether, and I'm telling you like we heard like screaming <laughs> laughter coming from that room that we thought like someone must be getting hurt in there, and then we go in there and they're just rolling on the floor laughing at how like just silly and hilarious this uh you know the the because they're just flailing and flying around the screen. Um, it's really 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 cool, and you know again you know speaks to Game Pass like this is just something that like. It's just one of those like goofy little off the the wall titles that I probably you know wouldn't have like given a second look, but the kids were like, "Hey, get it!" I'm like, "Yeah, it's included, and it's really good." So yeah, have you your say boys, Chris? I was gonna say, have your boys played uh, Human Fall Flat? No. Okay, that's on Game Pass, and again, two players, okay. yep. wonky kind of like what the way the game works is you have to solve puzzles, but to do that you have to like control the arms on this person, and they're just like. You know, like yeah. these floppy things <laughs> that you have to like grab on with and stuff, and yeah. you, they'll have a ton of fun with it. So it, it's it's, a, it's crazy the things that flat. like I wouldn't think they'd be into, but like now that I've seen the way they are with this, I'm like okay, like now I'm kind of like I, I I'll be able to tell like I'm on the lookout like oh they would just think that's the most hilarious thing. Yeah, so t- and, check uh, uh, but, check that out, and uh, if yep. you know, I think you know some of your boys probably old enough to do some reading. There's Wander Song, which is. Um, Kind of a fun little musical base, not too tricky, but if they could do some mm. reading, they probably gotcha. It's not two player, but well, well it's funny because like my my older son is in kindergarten or finished kindergarten, going into first grade, and he'll ask me to spell things for him in Minecraft. Like, oh, daddy, daddy, can you spell? Because he just figured out from a YouTube channel command blocks in the Minecraft, uh, which if you're not familiar, is just a way for you to send console commands to the console with an item. Um, and I didn't know about this, so he told me, he's like, hey, you got to do it on the computer because you can't do it on, on the Xbox. That's what the guy in the YouTube video said. So today he's like, spell, uh, I need you to spell Witherstorm. So I'm like, you know, on the floor with our nine-month-old, and I'm like, okay, like, just like in school, what, <laughs> what? So he's typing Witherstorm, and he's like, you know, so I, I do, he's right at the point where he's like starting to like, you know, read and use uh you know phonetics in games so so yeah i'll add that one to the list for sure um so yeah so pikuniku and the last one i'll mention that we just fired up on a whim tonight just kind of like running through uh, the game pass games i loved guacamelee uh the first one and then i forget exactly what they called it super turbo championship mm-hmm. when it was like the special edition that came to the next uh next generation consoles and probably pc as well um, I didn't play that one. I don't know if stuff was added or if it was just kind of up-resed or whatever. I only played that but this one. Is... Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah, this has been on my list for a while. So we just started it tonight, and it is uh, – I don't know what took me so long because, like, it, you know, some games kind of start slow. Like, one of my favorite games of all time, Darksiders 1, has 
one of the worst first like 15 20 minute segments of any game and then it actually becomes what it is and it's like insane to me that they would keep that 15 20 minutes and it's so bad and uh, uh but like this game guacamelee 2 like right away it's like you know exactly what it is and you'll know if you like it the humor is there the gameplay is there um it's fantastic and not to spoil it because it's really 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 funny and well done but there's a multiverse and since it's in mexico with like you know luchadors and that kind of like art style it's the mexiverse so it it starts off with like the the luchador from the first game juan who is the chosen juan uh and there's like different like uh, uh realities that he has to go between and as he goes from like the reality that he's in now to like the reality that you play the game in they kind of make some wrong turns along the way and they get in some ones that aren't really where you're supposed to be and they're like paying tribute to other games of that kind of like ilk that they love and i would love to tell you what games they are but i would love for you to go experience it because it's such a cool thing when you jump and it's like because you're in that other game you're like <laughs> like it's it's like your Xbox switch to that game and you're like oh they are the best and then like it happens again and you're like they are still the best and then the game happens so um just wanted to mention that real quick but Guacamelee if you haven't played the first one awesome it's available on pretty much everything um and then uh, uh Guacamelee 2 is on Game Pass and I'm sure you know PC and uh, uh Sony as well but yeah so that's kind of my uh my rundown of my 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 playing and my you know kind of just the recent uh, recent stuff so so Kelsey, I know that you're uh, still going after that NES library. I wonder if there's any progress on that front, or what else you've been working on. Yeah, I had a couple of my own moments of triumph this last week. Um, <laughs> Love it. So I beat a few games. I beat Kung Fu Heroes. I beat The Last Starfighter. I beat Rollerball, uh, Duck Hunt, uh, To the Earth, Battleship, and Side Pocket just this morning. And you slept when? <laughs> I get paid to sleep. sleep sleep when I die. <laughs> uh, That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Out of those, um, I specifically want to call it Last Starfighter, To the Earth, and Side Pocket are all incredibly challenging. Uh, Last Starfighter is one I gave up on a couple years ago, and I'm like, I got to come back to this now. And I had to pause buffer a lot. Like, it really abused that to uh, get through that game. It was so rough. The only other game I've had to do that with was Arkanoid. Um, so... Mm. You know, not the most satisfying way to beat a game, but do whatever it takes as long as it's all, you know, legit, no game genies or anything like that. It's all stuff that they gave you, all tools the developers gave you to use. So weaseled my way through Last Starfighter, which I'm pretty happy about. <laughs> uh, to the Earth is one I never hear people talk about. It's a light gun game. Um, and there's only four stages, and the first three stages are, are not too bad. I think most people that have put 20 minutes into a, a light gun game could probably get to the fourth stage and then the ships are so fast and they're shooting missiles at you and you literally don't have enough time to shoot the missile and the ships so you got to take your choice <laughs> if you're going to take a hit or if you're going to kill a ship so it doesn't shoot more missiles at you you lose health if you are inaccurate with your shots too so you have to make sure they all count um it's just insane <laughs> how much stuff they throw at you in that game so that took a few days of practice to learn the enemy patterns and stuff and i was having trouble doing long sessions like i can with other games because holding your arms in front of you with the light gun your shoulders just get tired after you know 20 minutes so trying to do like a three four hour practice sessions hard so oh. i unhooked my tv moved it onto the floor 
tilted it upward at me so i could sit off the chair and shoot like straight down at an angle at it and then i could play for a long long time so i got to to practice a lot more like that and i was able to beat it in a couple days big brain i I had to figure something out because i would i'm like i i I have time i want to keep playing i just physically can't keep playing as long as i need to (laughs) so i did that now my tv's back up high um and then side pocket is this game i thought i'd be done in like two hours and it's, there's only four tables you've got to get a certain amount of score on each table and the first two aren't too bad and then you got to get a pretty high score for the last two tables and then after you get that score they make you do one challenge shot which is just like it's got some balls set up in a ridiculous pattern and you've got to figure out how to sink them all in one shot and you only have one chance at those and really early on when i was playing i got to the very last level got the score so i got the challenge shot and i failed it and I was like, oh, well, that only you know, took two hours to get there. I can do that again real quick now. And it took me like five days to get back <laughs> to get another shot at it. And I was so stressed that I was going to miss that shot again. And it was going to take me another week to get back there. Uh, but I got it on my second shot, and it felt so good to beat this dumb pool game yeah. on the NES that I'd spent like almost a week on. I and, saw that tweet, and I was like, oh. Yeah, it felt great. Um, so it, that one's done. It wasn't a bad game. It's just the single player modes pretty rough. Is it the Dark Souls of billiards games, or <laughs> no? That's Championship Pool. <laughs> that is the Dark Souls because there's randomness to your shots in that game. So you can have everything lined up perfectly, and just you have like a one in ten chance it's going to fly off mm. to the side where you don't want it. Oh no! Yeah, that's and I I think it was Chris in the last show that said. Uh, the randomness is what drives you nuts. Like, give me, give me the gameplay, give me like, you know, predictability and let yeah. me know. And I'm the same way. Like it made me think of the way I feel about tabletop games. I understand that there can be some element of randomness, especially if it's something that you can control. Like if you can increase your odds one way or the other by use of, you know, items or any other mechanics, but yeah, I, I can't stand when you do everything correct. So I died and it's the developers like, yeah, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played a little bit of Yoshi's Crafted World with my daughter again. She Since we beat it, I think she kind of thought we were done. Like, we can't play this anymore. We saw the credits. But then she just asked me out of the blue. She's like, we want to go play more Yoshi. I want to catch some poochies. Mm. So we, we did a couple more Yoshi sessions, which is really nice. And I played through a little bit more Undertale with my son. And he loves that game so much. And I do not understand <laughs> it at all. <laughs> I've, I've seen three different endings now and i don't get why people love this game like they do but but he loves it so i'm really happy yeah i don't uh i'm glad the undertale phase is over (laughs) because that was the same thing i'm like (laughs) the sequel comes out it's gonna be all over again Uh, maybe she's grown out of that i don't know So yeah, it, it was. It's not one that's ever been on my personal radar, and it hasn't hit my kids' radars. And I remember hearing about it, and I just remember what I heard about it. I was like, I remember thinking, oh, I could see how some people would really like that. I'm just, you know, I I could tell I'm not one of them. That's what um, I thought too. And then I played through it, and I don't understand. Like I had a different perspective of it in my head than it actually was, and it's right. yeah, so much different than I thought it would be. And I think you said uh, your son was working on Pacifist, or was it the other one, the Kill Everything? Uh, we did Pacifist real early, and then he was working on Genocide, which is 
much harder because there's a couple boss fights that you you have to do pretty perfectly to uh, get mm. past. Is it kill everything or just kill enough things? No, it's like everything. Like you do random battles in an area until random battles no longer appear because you've killed everything in that area, and it will tell wow. you like nobody showed up now because they're all dead. Mm. Wow. And he, and and he's enjoying it. He's loving it. Yeah. And like you said, when we're in the car, he pulls up the Spotify. We gotta listen to like Sandsteam <laughs> and the Spider Boss <laughs> fight, and like yeah, he goes through all his favorite tracks from that game. It's it's fun, it's funny like that they'll know the names of tra- like like Daddy. I want to hear you know like Inside the Mountain. Like, how do you even know that that's the name of the song? <laughs> or like uh, Dad, I want to hear Picunico. Okay, what song? He's like, I want to hear El Bunko. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Or, yeah, but it's nuts. Or like, uh, you know, like what's the one of the ones in, in uh, Pikuniku? It's like, um, uh, like like the winner of the pinecone princess or something like that. Like <laughs> these crazy names, and but they know, I yeah, it, it's it's nuts. But that's cool. So yeah, Undertale. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, it's never been on our on our radar, but uh, when your I'll let you kids know are ever have old enough to read pretty proficiently, I think they they would probably enjoy it. Okay. Very cool. So, and Yoshi, you mentioned, um, so is she just going back to play some levels or she wants to get all the flowers spinning? She does not care at all about the flowers. It's all about the poochies and the spooky levels. So we play like the ghost house stages and the ones with the like axe wielding clowns. Uh, she likes those ones a lot. And then we'll go to some random stages and try and find some poochies. She also loves the level where there's a giant T-Rex skeleton, like chasing you through the level. We've done that a lot of times. It's it's a a little Super Meat Boy-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But slower. (laughs) Yeah. Eden still likes to go through Yoshi's Woolly World just to get all the little yarn. Like, every Sage has these yarn things you have to get, so you get all of them, and you get a different colored Yoshi that you can use. So each stage has that in it, so that gives her the incentive to want to go back and keep playing these things again. My daughter couldn't care less about the collectibles, so they're like a challenge for me when we replay level to see if I can sneak out that flower without her running me (laughs) off the screen. (laughs) Yeah, there's very few levels we've got everything in. There's like maybe two or three that we've actually collected all the collectibles. Yeah, it, it's funny that it's it's our boys like the opposite. Like they'll like they want the flowers to spin, so they're like like daddy, we gotta find five refrigerator stickers or like whatever it is for that level, you know. And they want to watch you, and they don't know what Google means. That when they want you to look something up on the phone, they want you to say they say, daddy, update on your phone how to get all of the stickers in this level. <laughs> so I have to update on on Google, and they just want to watch, but like. I, I'm trying to stay away from that because a lot of the times, like we fired up Luigi's Mansion 3 today. My wife was out and we just uh, were kind of hanging for a bit. And I was like, we haven't played Luigi in a while. Let me fire this up. And we're, we're trying to catch Polter Kitty on the eighth floor. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out. And it's frustrating because like the controls aren't great and like the mechanics aren't clear what they want you to do. And Polter Kitty just keeps running away and going back and forth. And I'm like, I don't know what they want me to do. And Callahan's like, Daddy, just update it on your phone. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> update it on my phone. I want to figure it out. Like, I, you know, I don't want to be shown a story. I want to, you know, control it. Right. So, and then every once in a while, when I'll figure something out, they're like amazed. They're like, oh, that, how are you so good? Daddy? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm just problem solving, you know, but, uh, yeah. So it's, That's uh, but my, they, they, when my son and me played through the portal games. That's how we mm. felt too. I was like, we're not looking anything. Up. We are going <laughs> to yep. experiment on this level for five hours if we need to. And yep. it 
you know, it was so cool when he would figure out something before me, like it would just blow my mind too. And yeah, it was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. So, so portal is a great example. I love portal too. And the thing is I, I play it every couple of years and the easy stuff you can get quickly. And then the harder stuff, I remember thinking every time I play it, I'm like, I've done this before. Why can't I do this right now? But it's and and uh, Limbo is another one uh, that gets me less so inside. I feel like inside is a little bit easier. But Limbo, there was a few that I remember being stuck on for a while. And part of it might just be because I was younger um, and just or couldn't wrap my head around it. But I remember when I figured stuff out in Limbo, I felt like like so, so good, especially some of those later ones. But yeah, so we are we are the, trying the ones to in portal that were the best too, or when we're looking at each other, like I don't think that's how we were supposed to do that, but was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it works. So yeah. so it is. Yeah, so that's really cool. Human Fall Flats, that same sort of thing. They have some of these puzzles, and mm. yeah, to figure them out sometimes, yeah, you feel kind of like a genius when you're yeah. over with you like. Yeah, and again, yep. like I don't know if they really meant for us to do it that way, but it worked, so we're gonna take it. Right. And 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 the more freedom the game gives you, and the more like physics it gives you, it's like if, if they limit you, you know, if there's only two or three things you can do, like in Limbo and Inside, there's like probably only one way, like maybe a glitchy way to solve that puzzle. But like when they give you, you know, like these weapons that can you know, like fly you through the air and gain momentum and do this. There's people that are still finding alternate ways to finish portal levels oh, just yeah. because of all the freedom you have in that. It's and a for crazy game to watch will... speedruns of. Oh yeah, and then but it's all it's also it's so fast and they're changing the portal so quickly. There's uh, someone that I follow on TikTok that she'll do these speed these like levels, and people are like, wait a minute. I've watched this 30 times. I still don't understand what you're doing. And she like whiteboards it and explains, <laughs> well, I do this and I go here and I go here and I'm supposed to do this. But if I shoot it there, then I get the extra speed from that. And you're like, yeah, that checks out. You know, it's, it's amazing. So, but yeah, the more, more freedom and more physics they give you, you can get away with, uh, with figuring out crazy stuff like that. So, all right. So and anything else for you on the, uh, on the gameplay in front, uh, Kel? That wasn't enough. <laughs> no, that was we want more uh, side off. Like ten hours of battleship this week. <laughs> uh, that was no. plenty. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to cut you off if you had any other. Uh, like you play any Vita games or? No, no. I, I'm. I want to get that Papers Please on Vita, but it's it's sold out like oh, quicker yeah. than any Vita title. So I might have to try and oh, get wow. it aftermarket, which is it's a lower print run than normal too because they don't produce cartridges anymore. So they had mm. like a batch of Vita cartridges left over at the bit of run. So it's it's going to be rough to get down the road too. <laughs> I didn't know that. All right, well, yeah, so good luck to you. So uh, uh, moving on to uh, Chris, what has been happening in your game box? Mm. Well, I was just going to mention, too, I just popped in my mind. If you like Guacamelee, you know, like that, I would say, um, and Kelsey played this one, too, check out Hollow Knight when you get a second. I think it's probably still on Game Pass. Um, so it is um, the the Void whatever yep. edition it's called. Um, I own it on the Switch when it was on sale uh, a little bit a while back. Uh, really cool, more difficult than I would like, especially on some of these boss fights that you have to go back and it's kind of like, you know, like you lose your stuff and then you got to like regain it when you get there. Satisfying. Uh, the color palette is definitely, you know, kind of brings you down a little bit into that, you know, those grays and the the blues. Right. But from what I played of it, I liked a lot. I just, I, I wasn't able to stick with it, but I I did like what I played of it yeah, kind of, until I got to that boss fight that I couldn't figure I, out. I'm more lukewarm on it than Chris was. It reminds mm. me of in Guacamelee, at least I, when I played Super Turbo you know, Edition, they had these 
you know, you could beat the game, right? And Bill, you probably know, mm -hmm. you could beat the game, but they had like these orbs. So if you wanted to get like the mm -hmm. good ending, you had to get these orbs and you had to get them all. And getting those orbs was super tough. I mean, it would mm. take you maybe an hour or two sometimes to finally work your way through all of these situations. And that's kind of the challenge level I think of when I think of like Hollow Knight. So if you liked gotcha. getting all those orbs in the first Guacamelee, <laughs> then you'll probably like Hollow Knight. If you thought that was a bit too much and you didn't want to fool with that, then yeah, it probably is not your thing. Um, because it definitely gotcha. demands full mastery of all the skills. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the name of the boss, but I remember it was it was like a pot, and it was like going through the room, and there was things, you know, kind of like, and I, I, I again, I didn't want to look it up on the phone or anything, so I was just trying to figure it out by doing, but a game like this punishes you for doing that, because like, whatever you have on you, you lose. Um, so I remember like getting pretty far in this fight, and, you know, wanting to keep going with it, but... Uh, I, I felt like the exploration had gotten a bit stale to the point where, like, in a Metroid or, you know, classic, you know, Metroidvania game where you're just earning a new ability or a new traversal uh, method or a new, you know, uh, transmog that you can change into. I remember just thinking in other ones of those games or even like Axiom Verge, like, ooh, 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 I, I have an idea of where I can go now. Like, I don't remember feeling that in Hollow Knight as much as just, okay... I guess I'll try to go over here and see if I can survive long enough to get to a save point type deal. I'm going to guess you probably didn't so. get far enough into it then because it has a lot of that. You're like, how can I get there? And then later yeah. on you get the whole like, oh, okay, I can go back yeah, and do the I'll, thing now. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fire it up and I'll shoot you a picture of my map and you'll be like, oh, you're 14 <laughs> minutes into it. <laughs> well, I mean, Played it for days. It does. Uh, it's like one of those things that it gives you like all those. I don't remember Kelsey or what they were called, but like these badges that you would get and you could mix and match them to get all kinds of crazy powers after you get them. Yeah, you could, so you gave, could, you like, could adjust your. Yeah. You could adjust your builds pretty good. And I remember, like, when I finally got to the guy where I could upgrade my needle. So he's almost at the blacksmith, like, down in the corner yeah, yeah. there. And I, I remember getting, like, the dash. And, you know, so I've I got enough ability. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 So, like, and I remember, so I remember, like, feeling like, okay, I feel like I have every traversal ability that I should to be able to get places. And the thing is, there were probably two or three places that I could get to. And I couldn't master, like, either the area or the boss in that area. And I and there was one boss that I think it was, like, a grasshopper or something that I didn't realize was an optional boss. And it's been a while, so I, I don't know if I'm making sense. But, like, there, it, there yeah, was an area I where I, I fought this boss for, like, a while. And then um, I I when it was over, I was like, oh, cool, like, where do I go next? And I couldn't figure it out. And then I looked it up, like, you know, where to go after this guy. And it's like, oh, he's an optional boss. Like, oh, okay, so that's kind of cool that I went and did a guy for, you know, an extra ability or, you know, like, build badge or something like that. But, yeah, I, I did like what I played of it. I'll have to go back and see what my playtime was. I don't know if it tells you percentage of map or whatever before you complete it. I think so. I think There, it there is a percentage okay. tracking, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have to go look. But, yeah, I do have it on Switch, and, uh, yeah, some, you know, just, just kind of fell out of it a bit, but... Do have a vacation coming up, so if I can steal the switch away from the kids uh, after they go to bed, maybe uh, can enjoy some Hollow Knight uh, uh, next week. Yeah, I think the second one is going to be coming out sometime soon. Memory serves, so I know they're working on it. I don't know if they put a date on it though. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. Um, other than that, for me, since the last time, um, I'm trying to think, two weeks ago, um, I think. The, old, the last show I had the Neo Geo in. Does that sound right? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you just did. Got it. Um, so I did um, a UniBIOS install on that, and um, that's some delicate work on there. There's some very delicate traces that you have to mm. you have to be really kind of careful with the heat and everything that you're using. So I took it really slow and uh, took my time getting the BIOS out and, and then dropped a socket in it and, and dropped the UniBIOS in it. And it came together really well so excited to do that because then you can play um everything you can choose your setup from anything that's available so you can you can pick your region you know is it your console going to behave mm -hmm. as a u.s a european a japanese console is it you're going to treat it like a console or the arcade version because you know everything's in that same cart so you can mm -hmm. play it uh, however you want anytime that you want um, and there's also cheats so it's built into the bio so you know I was I wanted to play some of the I've been playing World Heroes 2 is the only game I have right now on it. Mm. The game is super hard. Man. The game is really hard. <laughs> Even if you put it on easy, I don't understand. I have to be honest. I I choose easy difficulty and then I chose like MVS difficulty and they seem exactly the same to me. I can't tell <laughs> that it's any easier on easy, but they're tr they're trolling you. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like a lot of cheat. You can tell the computer just reads your inputs. And, and it does whatever, right? It, classic, classic Street Fighter. Like, yeah. like the second you do something, like, nope. Yeah, like you know, every time you jump, you're going to get the anti-air move against you. Yeah, and so you're like, okay, mm. so I just can't jump. And That's then, like right. just fundamental fighter rules. Like, you never yeah. want to be in the air. To a degree, but if you're playing a human. That's the whole thing. You get them so focused on your ground game, occasionally you can jump, and they won't watch for it, right? You condition. It's not a very good human, then, though. Well, I'm just saying you condition your opponent, <laughs> right, or whatnot, and then. Yeah. But you can't I, I condition like, the computer. Uh, <laughs> you can't. Was Was it Marvel Capcom too that you could do the high jump, like the down up, and like just be like completely off the screen? Yeah, yeah I would do that to confuse my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just fighting the arrow that's on the edge of your screen. <laughs> But um, I turned some cheats on just so I could go through and, you know, beat it with some of these characters that there's no way mm -hmm. I'm ever going to get good enough uh, to beat the game and some of these things. But anyway, I've been having some fun with that. Um, I think it was a very worthwhile upgrade to do, um, especially having a Japanese console. I want to be able to play things in English sometimes. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I tried, because a while back, I... I you know, anybody that's been following whatever that new Ghost Recon... I can't I even remember the name of it. Uh, Breakpoint? Okay, Breakpoint. I just... Yep. <laughs> like, Wildlands I could remember. I enjoyed Wildlands. Yeah. I played it a lot. I enjoy Wildlands, too, yeah. I actually really wanted to get it on PC, but the two big things stopped me were there's no cross-save, and I'm not starting that game yeah. again. And the other thing is that, like, for, like, however old it is, it's still, like, $50 on PC. Like, I don't get it. Because it's still good. And then, yeah, and then I guess yeah. I played this breakpoint, and it's it's the opposite. That's the thing. I thought, okay, I bought it on a sale a while back. I think it was like five dollars or ten dollars or something oh, wow. digitally. It was like super cheap. Good. So good for you. I had some. I didn't know. I didn't know it got that low. Yeah, I had some Bing bucks or whatever. So oh, okay. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I like the last one. Uh, and then I hadn't touched it, and then they put a big patch out, right? Supposedly to fix all the complaints from the community, put the AI players and take a mode where you can just get rid of all the like wet level weapon weapon leveling and like oh you just turn all that off right yeah so I'm like okay then sounds like i 
I'm ready to play. Like, okay, maybe I'm going to be back to like Wildlands again. So I fired it up. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> just, no, no good. I might give it some more time. But even though you can turn some of that off, like the junk around it still exists in the game. So you spend so much time learning about the game, trying to take you through all of these crud systems that are in this thing. There's like just so many layers of trash on top of trash. And you're just like, none of this is fun. Like none of it is me going and shooting bad guys in cool ways, which is all I want to do. Right. It's all I want to do. Or like, or like, Going in with a team, there's a building. Let's mark this guy, mark this guy. Okay, you and me, we're going to shoot these two at the same time. Ready? Mark. Two, one, boom. Okay, move over here. You know, like the tactical combat that you like. That's what you and me and Breakpoint like like doing. That's what we like doing in Far Cry, like back when like Far Cry was good. And all I heard about this game was when it came out was like it came out. And I feel like a day later, Ubisoft was like, listen, <laughs> we know we did some things. <laughs> Yeah. We, 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 you know, we had a hiccup. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> and it was like, I hate when games come out and they're like apologizing for it. Yeah. And um, I remember watching, because I didn't know what was wrong with it. So I like YouTubed, you know, what's wrong with Breakpoint. And there was this guy that was like, he did like a really good, like, not just like a trashy, oh, this is dumb video. Just like, here, let me show you what's wrong with it. And it was like one thing after another. And like one of the first things off the bat is like, you end up on this island, like alone. And the story puts you on here alone and like oh you're it's almost like far cry where, oh you're an alone guy and you're you got to figure this out and then like it leaves the cutscene, and then you're in like a social space with 90 other players in like a social hub and you're like wait <laughs> i thought i was on this island alone well, <laughs> and then it's and all of a sudden oh no it's alone but like in your head because we need microtransactions so we need a social <laughs> hub for this area you know so yeah, so they've like made this mode now where you can like turn all that crap off. Except mm. it still exists to a degree. I mean, gotcha. it, it's not okay. like they remade the game. They just shut right. certain things off. Right. And and like and I and I think the other thing I, if I'm not misremembering was like all like the weapon add-ons were like you would used to be able to go to a building, clear it out. Oh, great. I found a scope. And now I can put this scope on this gun. And like that's not a thing anymore. Like you can like unlock the ability to buy a new scope for it. <laughs> you can go find blueprints, and then you have oof. to go back to the shop to get the big, blueprints. Big oof! But like and you have to have parts for things, and oh. like you could break your weapons down to get parts, yeah. and then like. And, and and I'll tell you, Destiny's not you know innocent of this because they've been guilty of like putting <laughs> systems and currencies in the game for the sake of putting systems and currencies in the game. And it's like, if it doesn't serve the game, if it's not fun, if there's no reason to put it in there, it shouldn't be in there. And to their credit, they've pulled a lot of that stuff back and they've been really good in the last number of years. Like, okay, really sorry. That was like a year two thing. Like, we're not going to do it again. But like, I still see companies like, how can we get people to, and that's what it is. How can we get people to play our game longer? And how can we get them to put more money in it after they bought it? And when it's trans- and when it's visible like that, when you see them doing it, oh, it just feels so dirty. Yeah, and I think that's even the thing. It's like you, you can tell they've glued this stuff back into a game that it doesn't belong in. Because like remember in in Wildlands, you know, you'd have the sync with your AI buddies. You'd have these sync shots, right? 
Yep. She's like, you tag the guys like, okay, so these guys, you're going to shoot these guys. When I pull the trigger, one, two, three, you mm-hmm. know, bam. Well, yep. it still does that. But like in the last game, your guys like had, they were like, oh, getting into position and like, oh mm-hmm. no, I can't get the shot or whatever. Right. Like they yep. physically couldn't get to the place or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that kind of just doesn't happen now. So they can just magically shoot guys from like wherever. So it right. doesn't, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Yeah. You're just going bink, 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 dead. Bink, bink, wait till it recharges. Bink, 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 dead. Okay, wait till it recharges. Right. Bink, 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 dead. And it's just... And and that's what I didn't like about another uh, completely, uh, you know, accidental mention here. Another Ubisoft game. Uh, it was one of the Assassin's Creed games. And I think they've been doing this since Assassin's Creed 2, where, like, you're gathering your, like, weird assassin army in the background, whether it's, like, on the iPhone app or just, like, sending people on missions. And it's almost like in Civ. Like, you send, like, envoys and people out and then spies, and eventually they come back, and it's like, okay, we got you, like, you know, like, four experience points in this area or whatever. So I Assassin's Creed had... two. I've only played one and two. I don't remember that. Then maybe it was Brotherhood. Brotherhood been. was the next one after two. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look so. it up, and someone will will tell me uh, which one it was. But there was a thing that you could do that then, like, once you had these guys, you could just like hit the up on the D pad, and it would like call on like some of these assassin brotherhoods. So like you could be in a big fight and just hit up on the D pad, and all of a sudden like nine dudes would fall out of the sky <laughs> and like kill nine bad guys. And it was like your get out of jail free card, and there was like a, a like a refresh timer on it. <laughs> and the thing is, mm-hmm. it made sense when you were like in the city, but then there'd be missions where like you took like a gondola like forty eight <laughs> kilometers into like a secret base, and then it was like, oh crap, I am being seen, and you hit up, and it was like ding 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 ding, ding and like all your dudes fell in. It's like, uh, we needed a way to make the app, you know, make sense. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but yeah, it's it's like terrible. Like even if you like get a new weapon and buy a new weapon or whatever you have to like go to this other special place so you can equip it it's like it mm-hmm. doesn't even when you buy it it's not even there you have to go somewhere else yeah. to like add it to your arsenal and uh, like if you find a weapon of course you can't just get it then it's like oh if you let go of this weapon you don't have the blueprint you yeah. can't use it anymore uh, can't just put it in a box Anthem... isn't there a box i can yeah. just put this in I remember Anthem made that mistake. Like when the game first came out, people were like, you couldn't, if you got a weapon, you had to go through like something like seven screens before you could try it. Cause you, you couldn't try it where you were. You had to like go back to the social space. Then you had to go to this area then go to another and then yeah. go to another. And then you could actually like see what it was like. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, okay. I got this mm. now. Let me fast travel back to the base. And then let me sit through this really long animation <laughs> yeah. that happens. Because your guy has to like, take his backpack off and really just like, Ugh, settle in and everything. Okay, now you can get to yep. your menu. Oh, can do your thing. Yeah. Okay, now I'm ready to, ready to go back <laughs> out there. Uh, it's just like, oh, come on. And like, the animation is not great in it. Mm. And like some of the shooting the dudes is still okay. It's just, mm. I don't know. Like how could yeah. you guys had it like every like Wildlands was so praised they had every you had the they formula had to do, yeah just make this again with a new setting maybe add one thing yeah that's all you yeah. have to do Mar- Marvel understands we got a formula guys let's not yeah. just not make good stuff anymore right. it's like, all they have to do is like <laughs> do you like cashing checks I like cashing checks yeah. okay let's do it <laughs> uh, no they had to not do that at all. Well, that's what they did. They made check cashing simulator. 
<laughs> so I don't know. They would like to. They would like to cash your checks. Yeah, I might try um, for to. forty cents every couple of days. I might try. To but yeah, I, I remember being excited about it, and then it happened, and I, I saw some of the, the 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 you know the press on it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna wait. So I wish I could tell you that now's the time, but I, I don't know. Maybe try yeah. it out if you could get it dirt cheap. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't make any sense to me because like right at the beginning of the game, as soon as I got like a squad, suddenly now I had like a, a helicopter and also, so I'm like, okay, I can instantly just go wherever I want. And now with the thing where I can just pick the guys off, I just went straight to like a pretty secure headquarters place and just picked all the guys off and went in and got the yep. stuff. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, this just, ah. Oh. And then the level of jank, like there's this skills mission now, like the skills tree, right? Cause every game has to have a skill tree. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. But anyway, of course, this one's got a skill tree, and you earn all these points. But it's not like one level you pick a new skill. No, like they have point values, and you earn. Mm. Anyway, yeah. but like they have these videos that play, like show you, like oh, this is what this skill is when you get it, and like it plays at like one frame per second, janky. Oof. You're like, oh, yeah. it's just. <laughs> I don't ever find I, like I know we're we're going long on games and we'll we'll get into our main topic here in just a few minutes, but um, well, this will be my last. My I, rest is short. Yeah, no. I, when you mention that, I I have a hard time thinking of a game that does a really really good job of showing you the skill before you get it and how useful it's going to be. Um, one that pops um, to mind is Spider-Man. Mega Man. It shows you the get equipped screen with him <laughs> shooting it before you even get to try it. It's been around forever. Oh, it has. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was going to say, uh, like Spider-Man for the PS4. I remember doing a pretty good job at that. Yeah. I remember Infamous doing a decent job at that. Um, Neo does a good job. Yeah, it has like, a little video segment that will play, and it'll only play once. Mm-hmm. And it has a button if you want to watch the video again. But if not, mm-hmm. it doesn't bug you. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. pretty easy. I, I I just I just remember feeling about like okay like that ability looks cool and then you get it in the game and like it still looks cool but it's like not effective and you're like oh you showed it like killing a guy in the video <laughs> it doesn't kill a guy when I do it it's like he has to be at one health but <laughs> right. uh, but yeah so I don't know you, you know I wanted it to still be I just wanted it to be more Wildlands and I I just mm. don't think it's it, it is unfortunately. Um, I, my Eden's been begging me to play Minecraft Dungeons with her, which is again, another game pass game and Minecraft Dungeons is Diablo for Minecraft, I think is basically yeah. the sign of the idea. And I don't like this kind of, I don't Diablo, like this yeah. kind of games. So I'll play <laughs> with her. Got that game too. Uh, he did a house sitting for a neighbor and he gave him an eShop card. So he bought it. He burned through it in like a day, talked really highly of it that day. I don't think he's played it again since in the last two weeks though. It doesn't. I mean, it's not something like the kids are, you know, they'll never quit playing Minecraft or whatever. But right. Dungeons, it was free on Game Pass. They're having some fun. They forced me to play a little bit sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't really care for it. It's really weird, but I don't like those kind of games anyway. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of is what it is. Um, and then I guess the last thing I wanted to get into was more of this Nintendo leak uh, that has fell upon the internet. <laughs> it is everywhere. So... I don't know the full details, but somehow a lot of um, a lot of stuff from Nintendo is leaked on the internet. It's a lot of source code for old games, and or like the the operating system for the Nintendo sixty four, and just all kinds of stuff <laughs> is out there. So, yeah, Kelsey and I before the call were talking real quick, right? There's like 
the Luigi stuff from Mario 64. From Mario 64, yeah. They had planned to have it in there. There was like some Ocarina of Time, like some prototype Super Nintendo levels. stuff too from like uh, Yoshi's Island. Uh, some old F-Zero stuff. Yeah, there was some interesting, mm. some Star Fox leaks. Yeah, some sprites and stuff that weren't used from like Super mm. Mario World that were kind of in like a prototype phase. And... Yeah, they were showing like different versions of Yoshi before they decided on their final one. And some of them were real bizarre looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A very, had like a, almost like, like a beak. It looked yeah, like. a long, long neck, like an ostrich face. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, very surprising coming from nintendo i mean that just doesn't happen from nintendo so i'm just wondering mm. what on earth happened i can't imagine it came out of the japanese side but i don't know how they store their stuff if it's all sitting on some server that everybody can just hack into or something right. or or what they probably have it they probably have it on aes carts <laughs> if you had that like bios <laughs> on your machine just plug you it in. probably pull some data over <laughs> Uh, just hook your X band up. <laughs> <laughs> I, of all the old weird things to have, like I would still like to have a boxed X band. I think that's super cool and just weird. But I think that's the thing is that like so all these people are just digging through all of this code, like mining mm. all of this stuff from these old games. And I, so I think we're gonna see some interesting stuff out of it. What people do with it? Yeah, it's only been a couple mm. days now, so yeah, I'm sure some more nuggets will keep coming out for the next week or two. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see some hacks where they probably like take some of the graphics from some of these things or whatnot. And play Ostrich Yoshi through oh, Super yeah, Mario World go back to it, right? Yeah. Like hack them back in. I've already seen like some mock-ups of like, you know, there's this prototype room from Zelda. This is what it would look like, and yeah. some of that. And finally, show that kid on the playground that you can be Luigi in Super Mario 64. <laughs> That's right. I, I would imagine, yeah, all that stuff will come to some fruition. So interesting, odd surprising and um i don't know i mean i think from on one hand it's very neat to see that stuff because i don't think nintendo would ever show us that stuff ever no it's super yeah bizarre specifically because it's nintendo because that stuff would have never come up yeah the kind of behind the scenes things that just does not happen um even though it's so old i don't think it could really hurt them they just don't mm -hmm. um yeah so it'll be interesting to see if we ever find out why or how that happened. Maybe we'll never figure it out, but it's just... I, no, I read something it. real, like, within the last couple hours before we uh, got on the show that they, they know who who got it now. I, mm. I don't know the specifics on it, but apparently the person's been identified of how it got out. So I don't know if it's an internal thing or a hacker or what. But okay. Uh, Nintendo knows or the internet knows? Um, I sounded like Nintendo knew, but I didn't read the whole thing because we were just getting on the show, so I don't know the details. I could be a little off there. All right, very cool. Well, you know, mate, we've got our our Snowden of Nintendo. Be <laughs> 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 fleeing to Russia or something. <laughs> yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to play Iwata in the biopic. <laughs> well, that's all I've got, guys. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, so we, uh, so like I said, we went. A little bit long, but uh, you know, a little bit of catch up, a lot of gaming, so that's all good stuff. So uh, uh, we thought we might have some time to uh, for Kelsey to talk about his Lego NES set, but we're gonna have to push that until the next show. We'll just when do a whole show will, on it next time. When it will be out at retail? Um, oh, by the time right. the next show is out, I think it comes out what the first or second or something like that. So yeah, we will talk about that. Um, and uh, so let's just move on to uh, the main topic here. 
Um, so uh, we decided to do a show um, as much as it's, you know, annoying just to talk about things related to COVID and the pandemic and everything like that. Um, but we wanted to bring attention to um, uh, what I called the season of the canceled con. Um, as some of you know, I was one of the founding organizers of Retro World Expo, um, which has been held in Connecticut every year since 2015. Uh, I left the show in the capable hands of Chris Crone and uh, Lance Cortez, um, who continue to do an outstanding job uh, with Retro World Expo. They made the difficult but correct decision to cancel the show this year. It's in Hartford, uh, Connecticut. Uh, it pulls you know, regularly thousands of, of people, um, whether they would have seen the same attendance this year versus previous years, just because of the, you know, the conditions uh, is, is unknown, but it was the right decision. And they aren't the only ones. Um, in my very small list here, we've got Retro World Expo 2020 canceled, E3 canceled, PAX Prime, also known as PAX West canceled, PAX Australia canceled, San Diego Comic-Con, the big guy canceled, uh, Long Island Retro Expo, uh, some friends of ours, uh, uh, kind of like a regional uh, show around here canceled, uh, Retro Game Con up in uh, upstate New York canceled, A Video Game Con in New Jersey canceled, Too Many Games, a big regional one in New Jersey canceled, and then many, many others. Uh, when you think about just, you know, the shows that are just kind of regional, just everyone's got shows to near give them. You a, a quick correction to some of those aren't canceled. They're like uh, they moved them online now. They're trying something different to replace them, too. Right. So, so I should clarify, like the the physical gathering of of people is, sure, is like, been, like has E3 been put off. canceled and there's other outlets to pick those up. But some of them like San Diego Comic-Con and stuff like they still sell vendor space for online shops to like promote their stuff. And they're still doing panels through yeah. some different outlets and through their own stuff. It's really, really weird right now. Yeah, which which we'll get to. So, yeah, so when I say canceled, I mean, you know, you can't buy a, a badge and go, you know, like be physically out of place. But uh, to your point, uh, and we, I'm going to get to this in some of my, my future notes here. Uh, Mondo, which uh, uh, they're the um, the merchandise uh, I don't know how you say it, but the um, like the I think it's the same company for the Alamo Draft House movie theaters. Um, Mondo is like the merchandise uh, portion of that company. Uh, they always have awesome screen printed uh, movie posters. They do enamel pins. They do vinyl uh, for movie soundtracks, video games. Uh, last year at San Diego Comic Con, they had a exclusive Metal Gear Solid uh, variant uh, for a vinyl record uh, soundtrack, and they had the Blade Runner 2049 uh, uh, soundtrack variant. So Mondo, as a vinyl guy who likes you know movie and video game stuff, I was really looking forward to what Mondo was going to be doing, and you know it's just one of those things where. I was happy that it went online because now I don't have to be there to grab those things. I could buy them online, but then I was unhappy because there's nothing that I specifically wanted to buy. It's one of those, you know, you know, one of those, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate uh, coincidences. Um, but yeah, and then we have a, a, I just have a short list of shows here that are just kind of ones that are on my personal radar that are still kind of up in the air slash unknowns um pax unplugged which is a tabletop gaming show uh, obviously the big one being gen con in your neck of the woods uh chris uh but pax unplugged uh which is in the philadelphia area which is scheduled for november 20th to 22nd hasn't been canceled yet but every other pax show this year has so far magfest which is a huge one uh tens of thousands of people descending onto um it's not dc it's just outside of dc uh fairfax station if i remember correctly January 21st to 24th, which, you know, if you ask me two, three months ago, it's like, yeah, you know, like that, that probably seems like a safe bet. And like now, you know, 
few months later it's like nothing's a safe bet like even stuff that that far out and then you have pax east my personal favorite show which happens in boston um usually in late march early april and same thing you know like back in march you would think okay even if things get out of control you know we should be okay by then but nothing nothing is you know known at this point like one way or the other so um i just wanted to take a few minutes to uh, start off by talking about what these shows mean to us personally uh why we attend them people we've met experiences we've had why we look forward to them sometimes we plan our vacations around them um and uh, uh i just wanted to kind of start off with that and then we'll kind of go into you know where we go from now uh you know to the into the foreseeable future with these shows kind of being off the table like in the form we're used to seeing them um so i just have like a i didn't want to ramble too much so i have a quick little write-up for my piece that i'll just read off real quick um so when i was trying to write down memories for conventions i started off with where do i begin so many shows so many memories uh for those of you watching on youtube a little benefit of the video show these come through on the camera at all my collection of <laughs> you just no. totally disappeared. no yeah. there they go they completely disappeared i'm glad i brought these all over <laughs> so i have dozens of uh badges uh lanyards uh things from uh, shows that i've been to uh from an organizer guest vendor but most often a regular attendee uh there's something very special when like-minded people are either able to gather and celebrate whatever weirdness they happen to share uh, i first met chris and Kelsey on RFGeneration.com, but I met each of them in person for the first time at a video game convention. Chris at Too Many Games, and Kelsey when he came to Connecticut with Chris for Retro World Expo. Uh, conventions are more of a social experience for me than a gaming one, uh, if that makes sense, which is weird because you think of them as being, you know, revolving around games. Every year before my favorite show, PAX East, people ask me what I'm most excited about, and part of me thinks... Video game concerts, panels, the chance to meet and speak to game developers, playing games, reveal trailers, giveaways, the stuff you kind of normally associate with shows. But when I think back of what my fondest memories are of conventions, I think of sitting in a burger joint with a dozen RF Generation members outside of too many games. I think of 10 people scattered across the rooms and hallways of my house in makeshift beds after a long night of playing Drawful or marathoning a Mega Man game before a Retro World Expo. I think of driving down a MAGFest on two days' notice with my buddies Chris and Rhodey when they scored last-minute badges and making the sound Colossus makes in the X-Men arcade game all weekend because we saw Colossus on a poster on our way into the hotel. Uh, I think of our good friend Eric, who flew in from Germany for Retro World Expo and has since crashed at my house during more than a few vacations and holidays in the U.S. I think of going to one of my favorite breweries on the way up to Boston for PAX East and getting to stay in a hotel room with the friends I've gone with every year since 2013 and drink some beers, play some games, walk the floor, and just be ourselves. So... I, I, while you, while, you know, you, you look at the pictures behind us, you see everyone getting together to play games and talk about games and be near games and games, games, games. But really when I think back of it, it's all about those experiences with, uh, uh, friends that you have, friends that you're making, friends that, uh, uh, you know, you just like being around. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest like gut punch for me is you can take the things, you can take the news you can take the, uh, you know, the information that you would have got there. You can even take some of the experiences like, oh, with the, okay, you would have played this demo on the floor. Now you can download this demo in your house. Like you can do all that stuff. 
but none of those things that I have loved about those shows is available right now. So that's that's kind of the the where I kind of wanted to take it going forward with, you know, where where do we go from here, especially not knowing where the future is going to be. So hopefully that wasn't too rambly, but uh, I thought it was important to get through why I think that the shows are so special and what they mean to me. So uh, uh, Chris, if you would like to take a, take us through what the shows mean to you when you think about some of these shows and the conventions we've been to. Yeah, I think a lot like you, it's the social aspect. I mean, games are the reason that you get together, but um, you get to make contacts that you just can't otherwise. So, um, you know, I think back to <clears throat> probably the first real gaming convention I went to was um, CGE back in 2010. And that was one of those things, like, I'd heard about it for all these years. I'd read about it, and I think, like, man, what an idea, that something like this. And back then, it just wasn't as common as it is these days. Uh, but they had been doing it for several years, and I thought, you know, I just want to go. And um, uh, not to spend forever, but in 2009, I had a transplant. And so I, you know, things were kind of rough, and glad I made it through that. So at that point in time, I was like, you know what, I want to live a little bit, and I want to go to Las Vegas. I want to see this show. So I went with my mom and my brother, and they don't care about games at all. So, of course, they just did casino things and, and jumped out of airplanes and vomited on each other and did all sorts of things, right? <laughs> uh, but me, I, mean, I just stayed in the hotel, and I did the game conventions. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and it was um, really cool for me just to see so many of the people that cared about games. Um, I got to meet some people that you know did a podcast I had been listening to for a while, Um had dinner with those guys uh got to meet a lot of these people that you don't you know, like you know, david crane and some of these guys are just walk i mean they have a panel but they're also just walking around and you just be like oh hey it's david crane can i have a you know a picture or something yeah sure <laughs> and uh that was really it was kind of neat um and so that got me excited then after that you know like I say i got to meet some of you guys so we we did um I've gone to Midwest Gaming Classic a few times, so that was always a big get-together for Nintendo Age people. And uh, every year at Midwest Gaming Classic, in fact, there was a special Nintendo Age room um, that would always be set up and run. So members could always come there. You knew you had a place. They, we'd always, they'd always have tons of games set up. Of course, you could chill out and play nintendo or you know you could just hang out and goof off and half the people were trashed and it was a, it was a crazy <laughs> room or whatever but it was so neat that there was just a nintendo age room and you could meet all these guys that you were backing and forthing about with and um a local friend of mine he was from um from illinois his name was jeff and he he was kind of in charge of the nintendo age room and we would still see him um so John was from that I you guys have met John um, from he was in Nintendo Age as well and uh, Jeff who had my jobber on the website uh, lived over there and he would set the room up so when we would go that would always be cool again to see him if you hadn't you know we'd see him pretty regularly um, but a few years ago just a couple years ago now jobber passed away uh, in his sleep and um, you know he was just like the coolest guy. And having got to spend that time with him and what he did, like for the community there, because he would 
get there early. He would set up the whole room for everybody. He would have everything taken care of. He would stop and tear it down. He would help us with what we needed at the show. And that's pretty much that room was just always full of people. And you would just hang out there and maybe go crash in your room. You'd you'd go out to the show floor a little bit, but most of the time you just hung out in that room with everybody. Um, then too many games, you know, getting to meet you, Bill, and John and I driving in and staying in a goofy little hotel room with all three of us jammed in that little room and uh and getting to, to see the show it was the first time that was back when 3ds pass the the passes were still a big thing right that was still new the street pa- street yeah. pass was it called right oh man so that was a big deal i forgot about that those. it was a big deal because you couldn't get them regularly i remember like just carrying around like just like street pass street pass <laughs> then yeah yeah so that was funny and and that was my pvm my first pvm that you brought for yeah, me yeah you're right and you gave me the little scope for my for the zapper. that's right for the light gun yeah and we had just talked about it like the week before because you you know for people who don't know chris uh, enjoys collecting uh controllers especially odd goofy like any kind of control uh i uh, think you can get your hands on and i i had had this thing kind of in a bucket for a while and i'm like i'm not gonna sell this thing it's just so weird and goofy i'll just like leave it there and we had like i was like i'm gonna bring it for him and then it just came up in some sort of weird conversation i was like oh i can't wait (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna get one (laughs) and you know yeah we've uh like you say getting some food and hanging out and um i want to say that's wasn't russ there that year too yeah. yeah, he brought his yeah. car. Rustling man, yeah, TMG, yeah. That that was the bird when we did the yeah. burgers outside. Too many games, yeah. That was, and uh, um, possibly even Brian, uh, Neo Magic. Yes, yeah, and and May Anthony been there that year, right? And um, uh, uh, Wayne, uh, yeah, Wayne Pay. Was it Wayne? <laughs> yeah, Wayne, Wayne Pay with yeah. his. Uh, he did. He didn't. He didn't have his uh, NES World Championship with him, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, it was. There was a. There was a uh, uh, Anthony was yeah. there yeah a bunch actually when i was looking up pictures to use for my convention uh background here right now um i found the picture of you and anthony like the first time you met it was just all big because it was weird like i think anthony came to the panel uh like a panel we yeah, were on we, we were doing they were dumb enough to give us and a panel. <laughs> they did yeah and i almost forgot about it and i would show you my my guest badge for too many games but it's not going to show up on camera <laughs> But yeah, we did the panel, and then it was, and then I'm, I'm, we're doing the panel, and I see this face looking at us the whole time, yeah. and he's like actually engaged, and he's nodding, and he's laughing, and I'm like, man, like this is cool, like we're gonna get like one new fan at this thing, like everyone else is like, I don't know what's in this room next, I guess we'll just wait here, and uh, then when it was over, I remember just hearing you say to him, wait, you're uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, hey. Yeah, it's like it's one of those like brothers got a hug. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, it really was. And the picture of just all smiles, like the first time you saw each other. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's, it's really good. But yeah, that's uh, it was. It really is crazy how many people were there that first year. Yeah, um, and and then after that, well, you know, Retro World started up, and so mm. you know, I went to that for uh, three years. I think I missed last year. Um, with stuff going on between jobs and all the crazy stuff that happened. And I had planned this year that, um, you know, Adam was going to, to drive out and maybe Josh was going to drive with him and they were going to come here and Mm -hmm. then we would all go together. And then, you know, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Rich, rich, rich was uh, rich pinged me. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We'll be, you know, I, I had the room booked and I said, Hey, whoever wants to be in the room. And Rich is like, I got you. So yeah, we had, 
we had a decent little group and like we had a few people that were like ah, i'm leaning towards it let's just wait and see and then i think when it got canceled i think everyone who was on the fence was happy that they didn't have to make an excuse or like you know disappoint anybody but yeah i i feel like uh we're 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 kind of on, on similar wavelengths as far as like the way we look back at these things. Like you kind of think of it as one thing going in and then you look back on it and you're like, man, that was just, it was just so like, it's almost like the show was just like the backdrop. Well, yeah, cause, right. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the focus. Well, I'm trying to think, you know, it was Will and Pam, well, you know, we mm-hmm. met them through the show and then Tom, Yep. you know, I actually, I actually met them. Uh, I met them for the first time at that MAGFest that I mentioned oh, yeah, earlier, yeah. the one that I went uh, down with Chris. They, they had gone down and I feel so bad. Like I hope Pam doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but when we met, she was really, really tired, Oh. Yeah. like really tired. And Will was not. <laughs> so we're in the arcade and we're walking through and she was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to the room and take a nap. And Will's like, no, why don't you play a game with oh. us? And she's no, I'm really tired. And so we ended up walking by a Battletoads and we played Battletoads like completely all the oh, way wow. through. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I kept, and, and Will's like, yeah, this is awesome. And I kept looking at him. I was like, are, like you think you're going to be all right? <laughs> she was just, I felt so bad that she was so tired. But yeah, Pam was great. She came to Retro World Expo uh, with Will, you know, on, uh, we see them at, you know, any show in the Northeast because them being in uh, just in Canada up in the Toronto area. But yeah, it's uh, what? it's 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 great getting to see all the uh, all the online people that we don't normally get to. Yeah, and, and getting a chance to meet uh, Chris and, and Lance, you know, especially like that first mm-hmm. year setting all the stuff up, and loading and unloading yeah. all that stuff. And yeah, our I I still tell people that story where uh, Chris came in and because he was just staying with me and we had to do some arcade work, just moving machines, and Chris was like, "I'm here, like, whatever you want," and like literally all day like woke up move arcade machines and then like 10 o'clock done and everyone was like we can't thank you enough this is amazing and we're on our way home and you know sometimes you're so hungry you just don't think about it so like i wasn't thinking about that i hadn't eaten like all day and chris and like we're going home and it's probably like 10 10 30 11 and chris is like is it okay if we go get something to eat <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh yeah absolutely i'm sorry like i was my where's my mind at um it's like what are you thinking and i'm just thinking like what's open at like, you know, like 10, 10 30. And I was like, I don't know. There's like fast oh, food, like Chinese. Steakhouse? Like, I don't know what's open was here. That? And I, oh, and I, well, I remember saying that to you and you were like, listen, you know what I'm thinking right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm thinking about a steak, like after that long day of work. And I was like, Ooh, steak. And I was like, I wonder if this steakhouse is open. And, and we looked and sure enough, they were. And at the end of this, like super long day, we had this like really, really good steak dinner at like 11 at night <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then crashing on that. But yeah, that's, that's all fun. And then uh, not to just piggyback stories because eventually we'll get to some conversation. But when we all went into uh, uh, New York City together before uh, a retro world where we went into Nintendo world yeah. and Kelsey's, uh, uh, if his camera picks up better than mine does, is wearing the shirt that I should have bought that day. I did not. Oh, Metroid I'm not Two. It, guess who has one too? Ah, oh, I know, because everyone who was there was smarter than I was that day. John bought one. Yeah. So, yeah, I really should have. I didn't. Um, and that actually, that's still my uh, Facebook. Uh, not that I'm ever really oh, on it, but still my Facebook profile picture is the Nintendo World uh, pick. Yeah. 
Okay, put my little uh, oh yeah, <laughs> NWC. But yeah, it's uh, you know, and and it's crazy, you know. Like there, there are definitely memories from the shows, but it is amazing looking back how many memories like are those people. So oh, it's all the people, and even like some of the vendors we get to meet. Like we saw the same oh, vendor a few years in a row, and. We had Off the Charts, who used to be a show yeah, sponsor that we yeah. got to meet Chris, the first uh, year. Chris from off, uh, yeah, Off the Charts. We got to meet him, and he was there a few years. Yeah. Um, and I remember, it was like, the first time I was in the – we were walking around the show floor, and I'm talking, and somebody goes, hey, are you that guy from the Collector <laughs> cast? And I went, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like the show, man. I'm thinking, oh my god, that's like the first time I think I've ever been recognized for anything randomly in my life. Yeah. When, when when someone was checking in for the very first Retro World Expo, they were like checking in for their table, and I'm telling you, my mind was in a million places. I was just trying to make sure everything was happening. I was I was not as frazzled as I would get in later years, but I was very frazzled and just trying to make sure stuff was happening. And someone came up to me and said... Uh, like, oh, I'm checking in for my table. Here's this thing. Um, I'm a big fan of the show. I got here. This I got. I brought this present for you. And I was like, what? What do you mean you're a big fan of the show? This is the first year we've had the show. And he's like, oh no, like the collector cast. And I'm like, oh my god, are you serious? And he's like, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I'm like, but I'm in the middle of stuff and I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, this is so great. And I look up. I didn't get his name. Aww. He didn't say like, oh, I'm this guy. I don't know like what vendor he was. And I feel so bad because it was at a time when I was talking a lot about Far Cry, and he gave me this like Far Cry like strategy guide slash art book. Oh, wow. Well, if he's listening, and he's like, oh, I know you like Far Cry. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show, and I'm like, let us know. Yeah, so if if you're out there, or if you know that guy, <laughs> please ping me. I didn't mean to not remember you. I just it was a very fast interaction. Yeah, and then I didn't so. even get into. I mean, I'm sure Kelsey can chat about it too. It's all our shenanigans. Mm. <laughs> and the road trips and everything to get oh to yeah get the laser disc the laser disc uh, some of the thrift shop buys. me almost dying after dropping him off at an airport uh in new york city i you know coming home got got uh i got caught in the hood <laughs> thought i was gonna die <laughs> rich rich getting into someone else's car at the airport <laughs> that was so funny because we're sitting there in the car and i'm like Hey, isn't that Rich? That, that looks so much like Rich. But he we he got it he talked to this lap. guy. He was talking to him, they're both smiling. And then we and then we do another lap and there's Rich and then he's like, Yeah, I just got in this other guy's car. We had a miscommunication. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I mean obviously, you know, probably the best way to have a podcast in the world is just to keep repeating like inside jokes and stories <laughs> to a mass audience. Like when Kelsey and I got sent to go pick up Eric. We think like, where are we gonna find this guy from Germany in this giant LaGuardia airport? Right? We're like, we're never gonna find him. We walk right up to the first yep. door. There he is. <laughs> yep. Just standing and, like, there. And, like, hey guys. And, and we're like, hey. And we're like, hey, like, uh, uh, so we're going to send someone to pick you up. And he sends us a picture of himself, like what he's wearing in his suitcase. And we're like, okay, like, this is what he looks like. And yeah, I remember you saying, like, there is no way. That's him. Yeah, no, I mean, we're supposed to be like, how on earth are we going to find him? And like, the door yeah. is just part, and he's there he is. Like, the first yeah. place there's, we go. There's, there's like a. There's like a big light behind him. There's like a sound. There's like so many entrances. I'm like, how did we even get the right entrance? There, yeah, yeah, there's dozens of gates. And we're like, let's start at A, I guess. And work our way up. Yeah. 
Isn't that the joke, though? They say, like, you know, there's, like, billions of people in the world. Everyone's always traveling. But, like, somehow at the airport, like, you run into people you know. It's like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, so crazy. Yeah, I could go on but, and but on. Yeah, I probably should stop for a little I, uh, bit. But uh, I don't know, Kelsey, you want to jump in here? Because I could probably yeah. ramble on for a long time. <laughs> I've noticed. You guys have lost stories. <laughs> I like so... people. I like the people I get to meet. It's a big deal for me. Yeah. I feel like I've got a very different perspective on cons than you guys because of a couple things, but one of them is because of where I live. I am very Northern Canada and we're the largest hub city around my area. We're not a huge city. So there are no cons within a day's traveling distance of me. Like if I want to go to Vancouver, which is the closest one, it's about a nine hour drive from where I live. That's the closest place to go to a con. I also don't know anyone I can crush with in Vancouver, so it's not a appealing place to go to. You need more so friends. The fir- I have the correct amount of friends. <laughs> 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 um, so the first gaming convention I ever went to was the one with you guys at Retro World. Wow. Um, I had been to one just like general fan convention prior to that. Um, so I. I really didn't know what to expect. And like you said, all of the good memories are like with you guys, like, like Chris was saying, I flew up to his house. Um, he lives in uh, Indiana, stayed with him for a bit. And then we drove all the way to Connecticut and had like a little thrift store and, and game store. Like we stopped at <laughs> like, it felt like 20 of them on the way there. Like anytime we saw some cool little store, it was like, let's go see what they got. We went to this weird <laughs> vacuum place. Yeah. <laughs> That had this cool arcade in the back, it had like a Chuck E. Cheese in the back half of it, and like a pawn shop in the front, and like a vacuum repair area. Wasn't it like Game and Vac or something like that? Yeah, it had a silly name. No. Um, so we found all these like really neat little stores. There was ones that were just like a hole in the wall, oh, but it was yeah. like all Japanese imports. Yeah. And another one that was like hidden underneath the building, and it sounded like the guy that worked there like was terrified of his boss and he wasn't supposed to talk oh, to people. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That was in, um, <laughs> dang it. The place where the office takes place. Oh, in Philadelphia or Scranton. Uh, Scranton. Right? Yeah. That was when we went to Scranton and yeah. you don't ever want to go to Scranton. Oh, I, that was fun. Like the, the shop too, like there was no shelves. It was like tables. So everything was just stacks and stacks of games everywhere. It wasn't anything was not was organized. Weird. If you wanted something good to dig through the stack. for. <laughs> and the guy was like, serious, like, you almost I was expecting him to look as like get me out of here please well <laughs> like my total came to like 21 dollars or something and I was like can I just give you 20 because you know trying to haggle a dollar off him and he stared at me like a deer in headlights for like two minutes without saying anything and he's just like like I will die if I do that for you and he's like take the extra dollar here you go it's very fun yeah oh, well, yeah man. and just like playing uh stupid word games in the car to try and keep each other up till two in the morning until we got to a hotel in the middle of nowhere oh so many Lots hours of memories of that yeah <laughs> hours like because you have friends straight. i mean and we talk but i mean if you're in the car with somebody for a after eventually you're like i don't really have much to say right this minute so yeah <laughs> we just make up yeah what was it it was like uh you had to make find a game name and had the last letter of the one that the other person said right wasn't that it yeah so so if chris said metroid i'd have to pick something started with d uh so if i picked d. um you know defenders of dinatron city then he'd have to pick something to start with y and and we just we're like let's play this until we run out of games it was like five hours later <laughs> like two in the morning and we're still going 
And and then when you know, flash forward years later, we played it on the train going into New York City with all of us, and it was only like a ninety, you know, hundred minute train ride. But it was like, all right, why don't we play this game? You know, me and Chris played, uh, you know, back in the car, and then we did it. I remember a few times, uh, it was like, have we said that? I don't know. Maybe that was our game like two years ago. My son still, he was with me the second time. He still asked to play that game, but with like other stuff now. So we'll just be sitting somewhere really boring. Like we went to visit my grandparents and they wanted to show us off at their church. So we're sitting in this Lutheran church service and he's so bored. And he's like, let's play that game, but with Pokemon. <laughs> and so we're whispering <laughs> Pokemon to each other. The whole service. Oh my God. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've only been to Retro World twice. I haven't been to any, any of these other shows they're talking about. Um, it's always been a goal of mine to to make it to packs. I, w- I would really like to. Um, E3 used to be a goal, but with how it's gone the last few years, I don't think that's a reasonable goal anymore. Mm. Um, but I get, and I, and I think you guys probably noticed it the second year more than the first year I came down, I get, I don't know if it's social anxiety, but when there's too many people that I know, going back to that having their appropriate amount of friends comment, um, I get really, I don't know, pro- pro- probably just social anxiety. I have a lot of trouble functioning like I want to um, when there's too many people around that I know, but I don't feel that way when I'm by myself in like a large crowd. That doesn't overwhelm me. So I, I've always wanted to go to like a PAX, like without my family even coming on the trip. Like I just want to go solo and just like disappear and do whatever I want for the day and, you know, go sleep mm-hmm. in the hotel and, and come back and do it again. So that, that's something I'd like to do when everything reopens again is maybe hit the like packs in Seattle or somewhere that's relatively, that's probably the closest one to me. Um, and just like disappear in a gaming crowd for, for the weekend, I think would be so much fun. Um, not to say that, like I didn't have fun with you guys. Like I have so many good memories. Um, and at Retro World, like the first year they had a Dr. Mario tournament, which I was feeling pretty dang confident about. <laughs> And I got knocked out by like a girl ten years younger than me in the first round. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone sitting over there's like, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "He's strutting almost," and uh, he sits down next to this girl, and I'm thinking, like, just looking at him, he's thinking, like, "I'm gonna smear her like a stain." <laughs> and she's just like, I didn't take a round off her. Yeah, she was amazing. <laughs> totally clobbered me. Um, and then the second year, uh, they had a Mario Kart 64 tournament. It was one of the events. They had a, bunch, a whole bunch of events that time. Um, I, I watched that. I watched you uh, in that one. Yeah, so I got a bronze medal uh, in that one, which I was so excited about. That was so much fun mm. playing that. Um, and I played in a couple other tournaments. I did really poorly in like the Street Fighter 2 and an NBA Jam and stuff. But I had so much fun playing. Um, and that's the kind of stuff I want to go to these cons to do. I like, like hitting up all the vendors, too. I had a really awesome chat with a vendor straight across from us who had a bunch of cool turbo cd games i was chatting with him about and he was saying like he's like i used to be the distributor for these like back in the early 90s like we had a warehouse full of like magical chases and beyond shadow gates that we had to like destroy and throw in the dumpster mm. because we weren't selling them he's like if i would have known then what i know now you know i would have you know kept a few bought the old stock whatever i had to do uh but those kind of conversations with the vendors too are really really neat um one of the one of our buddies that came with us uh commissioned some art of me and my son as dr light and mega man which was just mm-hmm. super adorable 
Um, I love seeing all the creative stuff people put out because a lot of the vendors too are just, you know, they're putting out their own art and their own um, versions of all these old, old games and what they meant to them. And it's, it's just fascinating to walk around it and see what people have created. And I could just spend the whole time in the arcade too when they have an arcade mm. pinball set up there. Because I don't get a chance because of where I live to play a lot of these machines in person. Like I've, I've played a lot of the games on collections on consoles and stuff but it's it's quite a different experience to actually step in front of an arcade machine and and uh, play them properly right that's that's awesome um i just have a, qu- a couple of quick notes uh just uh, uh for you as far as uh, the arcades uh number one uh someone can uh add in other shows if uh, they're familiar with them but uh and i know magfest is not close to you it would be a you know pretty decent plane ride Magfest to me is unrivaled in anything I've ever seen with sheer volume of working arcade machines in a single room. It is unlike anything I've seen. It is cavernous and it is just like you'll you'll walk for like three, four, five minutes and it's just arcade machines the entire time and it's like five rows of them and it's pinball. So um, to get lost in an, an arcade like that, it was it was unlike anything I'd seen before. And uh, and back to what you said about um, wanting to disappear and like not necessarily wanting to be around like, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 people, even if like, you know, them all. Um, one of the things that I that we did early on in PAX is we would stay together. We would go to PAX and it was like, you know, me, Kaylee, Courtney, my wife, uh, Rodrigo, his wife, Jess. But we quickly found out in that first year, you know, like you go to a table and not everyone wants to be at that table. Right. So really, really early on, it was like, even if you're, you know, going to the show with people, it's like, all right, see you later. And like everyone kind of like does that, like you disappear off on your own. You could fall into a hole where like you're just playing NHL 94 in a Genesis tournament for a while. Uh, you know, Kaylee could be out, off playing a Hearthstone tournament. The girls might be, you know, like uh, uh, like up in the band camp room or whatever. And it was it was great. You would just like kind of cross paths and, you know, you'd be like, oh, you having fun? Yeah, you having fun? Yeah, great. See you at the concerts in a bit. Go, right? So like it was just really cool. Like the first year was like you almost felt like, not like you're wasting time, but you're like, all right, you know, daylight's burning. I got things I want to do. And like, you're just, you know, staying kind of huddled as a group. So if, if, uh, if you do end up going with people there, there's some really great workarounds to that where you can say, okay, this is my hit list for the day. That's your hit list for the day. Great. Let's see, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, where we end up at the end of it and having that autonomy, even, you know, with the option to kind of meet up with people afterwards, I found is personally my favorite way to do it. I I would like to try that, but I still feel like just having that person there, I would I would have that like lingering feeling in the background mm-hmm. that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, but that so does you just sound want, you a did, lot more enjoyable. You, you want a James Bond vacation where like, <laughs> okay, no one knows where Bond is right now. He's somewhere. When he's done, he'll come back. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I want. <laughs> I'm thinking too, like out on the west that's coast. Awesome. Um, something like California uh, extreme might be up your alley. Cause I know that's like just a giant, crazy, huge arcade convention where you see things that are like prototype machines that never even came out. So, you yeah, know. that sounds great. I'd love to even just go to like the like strong museum of play or something too, like by myself and just spend a couple of days just exploring that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I know like there's all kinds of, like I went to, um, something called pinball at the zoo that they have up each year in Kalamazoo, which is just a pinball show. 
Um, ah, I see what yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's Bill, all. Bill was going to be disappointed when he got there. I was like, are we playing Zoo Tycoon or are we not playing Zoo Tycoon? Oh, we're not playing Zoo Tycoon. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's really cool. You can go play. They have a lot of the games are for sale, but, you know, you can play, of course, and uh, they parts dealers and all sorts of things. Um, speaking speaking of for sale, one of my favorite things, too, that I didn't mention was the auctions that they had at Retro World. Uh, I wish we could do those S- old style. So much fun yeah. to be at a live auction. Like, yeah, it was a blast both years that I went for that. And yeah. I got some really cool things and got hooked Chris up with a sharp TV the first year. And now he's got a That's second awesome. one. So we're trying to figure out how to get that original <laughs> one up to me, which is quite a task. So yeah, when we figure it out, <laughs> I'll eventually have a sharp TV up here, which I'm pretty pumped on. That's awesome. But, but yeah, I, uh, we started off the auctions pretty grassroots. Like, and it was like, great. Like, yeah, and, and we're like, it's going to be a pretty small room. We have no idea, you know, success, no people are going to show up. Like, it was kind of late, and we're like, you know, let's just see what happens. Like, do any other shows do this? We didn't know, but, like, it started off very small. And the first year was, like, there's five organizers in the first year. So it was like, how about each of us brings, you know, like, just a handful of things? Like, each of us will bring, like, five or six things. I don't think we had anyone else bring anything. It was just, like, the five of us with stuff that we auctioned off. And we thought it went pretty good. And then, like in few, like the next couple of years, it was a similar type thing. We like hired an auctioneer, um, but it was a similar type thing. Like we brought stuff. We had like a guy on Google Sheets in the back of the room, and it was like, okay, like come pay us for the cash or PayPal at the end. And then, in the interest of of our time not being just like completely monopolized by not just that, but like many, many, many other things that have to be done at the show, we hired a company that does auctions just to do the entire thing. And it's very, very different. It's, um, you know, you can see like all the stock that they have, um, uh, uh, you know, like for, for a long, long time before you can know what you're interested in. But I do feel like you lose some of that excitement and the, the, the kind of like the, the intimacy of, of the original format, because it really is like, okay, we got this, we got this. What are you thinking? One, two dollars, three, four. All right, keep it going. You know, and it was like very, very quick. And it's like, that's not cool. <laughs> you know? Or like, uh, the, there'd be like a, the auctioneer too, like the first year, like they knew what, what the items were. So they would, you know, try and sell them if, if nothing was happening or was bidding, they would describe what they were and kind of sell them. And when you had the auctioneer, like they obviously weren't gamers. Uh, so right. they'd just be staring at this thing, like reading the box yeah. basically. Yeah. It was and, a drag. Uh, uh, Pe- Peggy 16. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, yeah. I remember because Ra- I got rated E. I was I was gonna throw something in the auction that year when they told me what their cut was. It was like, oh, like I can't do it. Yeah. But the buying was still really fun. I got a really smoking deal on uh, Bonk Three for Turbo CD, which I didn't think I'd ever own. Um, and then they had this uh, Neo Geo CD lot that I was planning to bid on, and they like switched their format mid bid, and they just stopped cut the auction when I thought they were still, I was still had the ability to throw a bid up. I was just waiting to see if they were going to drop it some more. And then when mm-hmm. I went after to go talk to them and like throw a bid on, cause no one had bid on it. They're like, no, it's too late. Like we can't do that now. So I, I was, I don't know if I was confused or if they, it seemed like they'd changed it from how they did it on previous items. They'd, they'd drop it down a bit if no one bid and look for that starting bid. And I was waiting mm-hmm. to be the starting bid and I, they like killed the auction before I had a chance mm-hmm. to, yeah, it was a lot of fun those first couple of years and a very exciting. And then I think once the company came in, it just you felt like you're like, okay, I'm, it's an auction of a company that's yeah. doing things. So, I mean, it felt like an estate sale or yeah. something like, yeah, here's some crap. 
All right, <laughs> give me and, some money. And and it's interesting, and it's interesting being on the organization side because you know, like if I didn't know, if I, if I didn't wasn't on the inside, and I just went to both auctions, I would be like, well, you know, that was better, and this is worse, and you know, and even like hearing people say that, like I understand, you know, like I totally get it, and you know, but like you know, you explain to people, well, X, Y, Z, and even like the first year, like because of contract reasons, we couldn't have food trucks. So because they sell food in the venue and they're like, well, the reason you're getting the price that you're getting is because like we expect to make X dollars on the food. So if you're adding food trucks and we're making less, like it just doesn't work that way. So the first year we like the biggest complaint we had was there were not enough food options. The food at the venue was really expensive. And then there was like a food truck that first year. And it was like, I think it was like ice cream or it was like something like weird and it was cold too. And people oh, yeah. like, why, why was there an ice cream food truck? And like some inside baseball, like the person who owned the food truck was either like new or was like a brother-in-law of like one of the organizers <laughs> who's like no longer an organizer. And it's like, of course. Um, but like, you know, and we, and we have to go back to those people and be like, listen, you know, some of the, some of these negotiations, like some of this stuff, like it's, it's non-negotiable. Like it's, you know, we, we can't change it, but you still get people who come in and they're like, and even if they don't say anything to you, they're thinking, what are these guys doing? Why don't they just go get some food trucks? You know, and like you, you look like you're not doing, you know, like what you could be doing. So it is, it is interesting seeing it from both sides. And I try my best to explain it to people. And a lot of people really are like, oh, like I get it. But you'd be surprised how many people are like, no, you, you, you should have done a better <laughs> job. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. Well, I mean, you guys had to cook up something out of whole cloth. I mean, you know, yeah. I can't imagine just sitting back and go like, hey, guys. Let's start a game convention. How do you do it? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> I, me, 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 and Chris all the time. Like you know, every time we get together, we reminisce and like you know whether the beer's flowing or not. Like we just at some point in the evening, kind of look at each other, and one of us will be like, "Remember, like it would like because he he came to me and he was like, I want to get, I want to do this thing, and I think you're like the person who will like be good to you know good person to organize it with." And we, I was like, yeah, I would like to do that. And we got like a stupid, like yellow p uh, pad of paper <laughs> and like, like one pen. And we went to like a pizza place and it was super late and nothing else in the area was open. We found this pizza place and we're sitting in there, this like tiny, like two person table. And we had one pen. So we had to like share it back and forth. And like, we're like writing down like all our ideas and like, okay, this is what it should be. This is what it shouldn't be. And that's where it started. Like, and we, we always say that we're like, Remember that pizza place, you know, that yellow pad of paper, you know, so like it, it all starts somewhere. But yeah, it's uh, and, but and it wasn't even that year. Like, so we, we started doing it and it wasn't that year. It was like the year after. So it was like 18 to 20 months to plan like the fir that first tiny show. Yeah. So and you think it'll get easier every year and like some of it does. But like in other ways, it's like, no, it's like exactly the same amount of work like every single year. So, yeah, I've thought, you know, because there's no good. I mean, there's Gen Con, but Gen Con mm -hmm. is not video games. And right, I, tabletop. I think, you know, Indianapolis should have one. It's a big city. Um, yeah. And at times I've talked with friends like, you know, we could do something like this. And I think, I don't know if I want to make like negative <laughs> dollars an hour to do work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is at the end, at the end of the first year, like, you know, if you make some money, it's like, it's nice. And then, you know, we made a few dollars. We had a lot of fun, made a lot of friends. Same thing the next year made some more dollars, you know, worked a whole lot of hours. And, you know, if you look at it in the way of like, okay, I put hundreds of hours into this and like, I made a few grand, you know, but like, 
it, it's it, you just have to figure a way out in your head where like you don't feel bad about that where like you, you really have to be okay yeah. you're gonna make a few grand you know like and the, and the thing is even though you make that few grand you should put it back into the show if you want the show to get better so now you're not making anything so for a few you know, that's what we did for a few years and I'm happy that the show got bigger and I'm happy that we kept making a few more dollars. I was also very happy to get a larger check when I cashed out <laughs> than I ever had in any year like leading up to that. Um, but like no regrets about any of it, you know, like I, looking back. Yeah, there are times where like it was rough or like, you know, you had to work a whole lot. and It was really stressful. But I mean, you know, it's it's I, I wouldn't change it like with with everything that it's kind of like brought. And that's kind of where this conversation is going is is, uh, uh, you know, the the conventions that we kind of like have planned to go to uh, uh, if they're available to you are, are just not there. Um, so uh, uh, now that we've reminisced um, and we, we I mean, that that could be, you know, a whole nother show is just like the all the stories that are there. I'm wondering um, and we mentioned before with um, some of these experiences uh, moving to online versions, like Kelsey had said before. Uh, we mentioned E3 uh, moving online. Um, IGN had wrangled a handful of, uh, you know, news uh, reveals and, you know, like trailers and stuff and kind of wrangled them into like events and, and live shows. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, um, another thing Kelsey mentioned is they have like kind of these virtual booths that you can still pay for booth space. So if someone goes to San Diego Comic-Con's website, you can like still go and explore their, their uh, virtual booth. Um, and of course, there's stuff that are uh, like panels that are on you know, Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, they're streaming all sorts of different things. So being that it's all kind of like scattershot, like it's not like one place you're physically going to and, and you know, having a schedule and deciding what I want to go to, it's just like stuff on the internet. I'm wondering, uh, so Kelsey first, which of these, if any, experiences that have been, you know, moved online from like a physical uh, uh, venue um, have, have resonated with you and you said, okay, this is something that is cool that I didn't know that I, I liked this way, or is it just kind of like they're still fine on their footing and it hasn't really been the way that you would prefer to, to experience these con type things? Um, I, th I think most of them have a grasp on the footing. It's not the actual uh, reveals and stuff that, that I'm annoyed with. It's how separate everything is now. Um, Cause I've, you know, I've got other things I want to do, but I do get excited about these. So I want to try and watch them all. It just feels like it's eating up months rather than a weekend. Whereas I used to be able to tell my wife, like, hey, E3 is coming up like, you know, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. Like there's these conferences I really want to check out. You know, it's usually like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. And then I'll try and check out some of the smaller ones like uh, Limited Run. Uh, I usually watch like the Ubisoft EA ones, though, even though I'm not super excited about them. But it's over in, in three days, and then I've got that time to talk to you guys about it and, and decompress and stuff. It just seems like that's never ending right now. It's been like three months worth of these kind of things, and uh, like there's new consoles coming out this year. I should be more excited, and uh. I should know how much they cost, and I should know when they <laughs> come out. And it just feels like because they weren't forced to put all that information out at one time, they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and and then after they do the reveal like right now sony did their conference and then the xbox one's coming up let's say well are they going to do the price and the, the date and what games mm -hmm. do they have 
And then the second that conference is over, there's rumors like, oh, Sony has two more games that are coming out they didn't announce because they were waiting for Microsoft's. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't feel like that ever would have happened in previous years. They both would have had their days and they would have, you know, give us everything. Maybe save something for like Gamescom or Tokyo Game Show down the road. But most of it would have come out already. And it's just frustrating how long and how slow everything's mm-hmm. trickling out. Right. So, so you're you're not interested in the drip feed you would rather open the faucet give me all the stuff let me digest it let me get my you know as opposed to just like that slow trickle yeah over a I period like of time. e3 there's been rumors for years like they're becoming less relevant people don't need them they can do their nintendo direct style things and with them just saying it's canceled this year and not finding a way to bring all these people together and keep them together um i found very frustrating because i don't think they do need e3 anymore i think they all know that now and i i think this is how it is from now on we're gonna have all of these slow trickle feeds because because microsoft doesn't want to coordinate with sony and nintendo to all have their stuff come out in the same weekend it doesn't make sense for them they want the opposite right yeah they want their own moment to shine which i get and it can be fun it's just it's getting frustrating i think yeah it is interesting earlier today, and I don't know how he would even know this. Maybe he saw it on the Xbox dashboard, but one, my, my older son said, Daddy, is there a new Xbox coming out this year? And I said, it's funny you should ask. There is. And he said, when's it coming out? And I was like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I thought for a second, I was like, yeah, when, I mean. It's, when is it coming out and how much is it you know talking and like, to my wife is, too about putting money away and i'm like i want to take you know a hundred dollars off this paycheck and just throw it in an envelope she's like okay well well how much do we need to get to and i'm like it's, i don't know but it's gonna hurt <laughs> and she's like well why do you think that and i'm like we're all just guessing right now like yep. i have no idea I, I remember i was listening to episode 54 and i i i, I love how you started uh, and you're an optimistic guy, which I love about you, but I love how you started, you know, in one place. And then as the conversation went, you were like, you know, I was feeling really good about this, but I'm not feeling as good about it anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, uh, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm totally with, and it's funny how, like, I just kind of, you know, like in my head, I, and I've kind of been always the type of person that I can't re- like, I don't know how to say it. I can't really get excited about something that's like three four years away right like if someone says like oh like we're going to you know we're going to disney world in five years i'll be like oh that's really awesome like okay great are you excited no (laughs) you know because it's five years from now you know like how can i get excited but and then you're even like you know oh final fantasy you know seven remake it's coming out in two years all right i mean call me in you know 20 months you know like (laughs) i need i need it to be like kind of close right so even though like the new xbox is coming out in november maybe um, it's like, it's weird. I just have this thing about me where it's like, like, you know, even in September, like, okay, you know, we'll see how that is in a few months. But like, it really takes for me to get to like October before I'm like, oh, okay, like it's about to happen. I remember I wasn't going to get a Wii. I was working at Best Buy at the time and like, it was going to be launching and, and console launches are always fun to work no matter where you work. If it's a little shop, big shop, like doesn't matter. Like lots of, like just a ton of video game people descending on a store to buy video games is just always a fun event. And uh, so I wasn't going to buy the Wii. And it was like the day before the Wii was coming out. I remember we got like 200 of them at the store and they, 
it wasn't really pre-orders it was just like you lined up outside the store uh, at the time and i remember just like having them in the store just seeing the box and just seeing like all the stuff and like you could play the demo and i went to the manager and i was like listen i know we're not supposed to buy these but i really <laughs> want a Wii now <laughs> so but it took to like the day before it came out and then i was super excited so it's funny like i, I don't really think about the ps5 or the xbox uh, series x that much but but you're right. Like they're really not that far off. Like summer's gonna be over really soon, and then it's it's they're gonna be here. And I agree that like it's really weird that it's gonna be August. We're not going to know the release date or what they cost. And I think that is a product uh, to your point of not having to come out and be like this is the news. You know, the they thing just don't that have to. frustrates me the most is I usually feel like I'm on top of like gaming news. I've, because like IGN has some and Jeff Keighley has yeah. some, everyone has their own. It's, I feel like I'm missing a ton that's of a things point. and then I'll find out about them on Twitter or something lame. That's not as fun as like seeing a big cool reveal on stage at a conference. You see the uh, Jason Schreier uh, tweeted recently, the last couple of days. Um, he's like, so wait a minute. The creator of uh, Suikoden oh, is yeah. making his spiritual successor, That's a big and deal. it looks and, awesome. Yeah, and like, why didn't we know about this? You know, like before, like five minutes ago on Twitter, like because yeah, it's a weird it, Kickstarter so, yeah, thing. But yeah, I had to find yeah. out about it just from a tweet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So when you said that, like, but yeah, there's things that are happening, and, and like sometimes like there'll be a leak, like Squadrons was revealed in you know the leak, and then we found out in the EA stream. But yeah, like I'm totally with you. Like, I I don't feel I used to like search out video game news. Like I would go to Polygon or I'd go to Kotaku or you'd go to Rock Paper Shotgun, like whatever um, uh, outlets you like. And then you'd ask other people, oh, what outlets do you like? And you would kind of scour the same ones, get some opinion pieces. But you're right. Like I feel like you got your two or three that you kind of like. You got your Twitter people you follow, and if they don't have the story, like you just don't know it, right? So, but yeah, I I, I I'm usually out of the loop, but I especially more so these days. I'm not used to feeling that way, and and you know I can't hit everything every year, but it feels like it was condensed to two or three big events throughout the year. You have like GDC, you'd have E3, Gamescom, Tokyo Game Show. As long as you paid attention to all those. You you got eighty percent of what you needed, and I feel like I'm at like fifty percent this year. <laughs> yeah, and I I do wonder how much of it is like because you have you know like Bungie putting out um, Beyond Light coming out in September, and then it gets delayed to November, and I just and that shines a light on like you really do wonder how much of this news is like okay like we're ready to put this in it's in the show it's gonna come out and they're like well we don't know if it's gonna come out you know, anymore. Like, should we even show it? You know? So I, I don't know how much behind the scenes, cause I, like to, to the point of the retro world stuff, we don't know why they can't have food trucks. You know, the food trucks just aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It could be I, that they're not locking themselves in, or it could just be the working from home situation for people, or it could just be natural mm -hmm. development cycle needs a little longer than they thought. Right. Like, yeah, you don't never know. Yeah. And, and there are always like big shows that show like a whole bunch of stuff. And then, like, afterwards, it's like, oh, it's weird. Like, we didn't see XYZ. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, we have little XYZ videos. We're going to show those next week. And then, you know, so you do kind of get, like, a little bit of trickle. But it's usually like, bam, here's all the big stuff. Oh, and here's, you know, like 15 other, you know, little itsy-bitsy things. But, yeah, but yeah it's – um I, I, I would I would have to agree that the, uh, the trickle is definitely something that we're probably going to have to get used to for a little while. But um, I, I've not – I've not – like – I'm I'm the same way in that like my 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 schedule 
work, life, everything is not such that when some, when Mondo says on Twitter, oh, hey, we're doing a uh, uh, an artist spotlight, you know, interview panel, 2 p.m. Thursday on Twitch or YouTube Live, like, I'm working, you know, like, I can't drop what I'm doing and watch this panel at 2 o'clock. And sometimes you'll find out, like, you know, 10 minutes early, sometimes it's, it's pre-done. But with it being, with, like, a lot of these events are things that, like, if I took the weekend off to go to PAX, or if I, you know, flew out to, you know, uh, L.A. for E3, I got all weekend. I don't, it doesn't matter when it is. Oh, it's Friday at 4 o'clock. I'm going. But I, I, I think scheduling around the event is another thing. Like, they can they can do the online thing. But if you haven't, like, booked that time, you're you're not going to be able to do it. And what are you thinking? Like I like we slack with each other during a lot of these events, and and that's fun. It's like being at the event. Like we get to talk about how we're feeling at yeah. that moment, not thinking right. about it for a day, and then and then getting it. So yeah, I only get some of you sometimes because others are at work and and can't make yeah. it, or you got family stuff going on. So yeah, it's it's really scattershot. Yeah. So so Chris, has anything happened in any of these rescheduled things where it's like, okay, we're taking this thing and we're putting it online and we're doing this here? Has any of that been like, oh, cool, that's something that I'd be interested in watching or that I enjoy doing? Or is it kind of like, like Kelsey's saying, like it's all over the place and you find it kind of hard to, to focus on a, a big topic? I'm pretty much, I think, in line with what Kelsey's saying. And I think it even paints the picture that we've, gone this long and talking and we haven't even mentioned a peep about the microsoft show that was just thursday <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. we yeah. just didn't even bother to talk about it because again like you say it's just here's a little bits of stuff it's here and you just kind of know you're like okay well i mean i saw some of it but they didn't like this one they okay well they brought out halo that was their big game and then the rest of the show was kind of like eh, here's some stuff but you know there's yeah. probably some other big guns, but they're not going to bring them out because they're going to wait for the August show and the September show no. and the October right. show. Well, yeah, or or that's the that's the retaliation video. Yeah. You know, whenever yeah. when, whenever the really good Sony video that's comes out. That's how it feels oh, right we have now, this. for sure. Yeah, yeah. like they don't yeah. want Sony to have that game-sharing video again, so they're both like always holding one thing back for the next video. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, like you say, like there's this stare down now. Who's going to announce date and price first? Which again, we would have just gotten all that, and it would have been done. Yeah, I'm like, who? What are the retailers thinking? They can't take pre-orders yeah. for any of this stuff. <laughs> They're probably dying. Yeah. I mean, you think of GameStop as probably like, man, we need that money. Give us yeah. some pre-orders. Yeah, it was hurting before all the COVID stuff. They're they're hoping to get to this console generation to like yeah. buy them another few years. Right. Well, they're essential, right? So that's why they. But yeah, but it's yeah. I'm just it's tiring. Like you say, it's just I don't. Yeah. I have to invest a lot of energy to try to keep up with all of this junk, and I. Uh, right. I mean. And I, and I, I, I remember to. in pre. Yeah, I, I remember in previous years where like they would announce the shows, and it was like okay, like it's like Nintendo or Microsoft, and then Sony. Like Sony always went last, like always, and I don't know if Microsoft wanted you know to go first to get out there first but like i always remember thinking i i think it would be an advantage to go last if nothing else you can make last minute changes uh to you know anything that you know you could re- you could change a message anything like that and there's been i'm not a conspiracy theorist at all i'm actually very very anti-conspiracy theorist but there are people who have said like there is 
it's entirely possible that the uh, message was adjusted after the awful Microsoft showing uh, for uh, the Xbox uh, 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 One uh, coming out, like just being like a weird like combination of like, we don't know what it is and a game machine, you know, like with Kinect and it's not as powerful. Like, so uh, uh, it's just, I, I really think that with Microsoft being not, not Microsoft, but like with none of the companies being beholden to any like weird E3 schedule, like this is like the first time in a long time that Microsoft's able to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna say whatever we want, whenever we want. We're not on a schedule anymore, and I don't, I don't think, I think they're, I don't, I don't think they're gonna flinch. A, I think they'll wait. Till, I think they'll wait till November. They'll wait till November nineteenth, <laughs> and they'll be like, bam, it's two ninety nine. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Sega Saturn you know? model. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And that's yep. it. Like they're just they're at this standoff, and you're like, who's yeah. gonna? We said that last time, right? Who's yeah. gonna blink first? Mm. It's right. Oh yeah, like uh, it's almost August, do you, man. Do you think you, it, is everyone is everyone annoyed at this? Is oh, anyone yes. happy? Is no. anyone happy I, that this is how I it is right now? I can't imagine that anybody could be happy about this. I mean, may, I I think the companies think this is a good thing because they can like constantly keep in the news cycle because they're constantly mm. putting these things out. I don't know if gamers are excited about any of this crap. I mean, right, I like it. It 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 makes me feel less excited. Just, just the situation does because, because I feel like I'm like, I, I'm limited on my my knowledge that I like like Kelsey said. Like I feel like I I should be more confident in the knowledge that I have. Like we're not even confident we know, you know, eighty percent of the news that's out there. So you still like, have no idea and, what PlayStation 5's backwards compatibility situation is. You have no idea, right. and the thing will be out in a couple months. Yeah. And all you have to go off that is like, well, if they had anything to say, they would have said it by now, right? But like, I mean, you just at the end of the day, you just don't know. Yeah, it's just so strange, and they have yeah. they have to know, right? I mean, they, right now, for right. them to be able to sell in the fall, they're in mac manufacturing probably a couple months ago. Right, uh, mm -hmm. June's what I've heard. They've been manufacturing since at least June at the latest. Yeah. Okay. So um, and like it's I, I've got a boss trying to. I've got too much time off right now because I you know can't go anywhere this year. So I'm waiting to know a release date so I can book some time off. I'm like I'll take a week off then yep. when the system comes out and you know enjoy it, get to learn it. Yeah. I can't <sighs> book that time off yet, and my boss is yeah. really on me for this. I'm like just wait another yeah. couple weeks maybe. Yeah. American they Thanksgiving. Were August sixth. Take so a, I'm hoping. Take American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the the safest bet. The safest one. Yeah, I, I remember taking a week off nine nine ninety nine when the Dreamcast yeah. came out, and I worked at a movie theater, and I took the time off, and I I played Dreamcast for like three days, and then I showed up at the. I was bored. I needed some food, so I went to the movie theater, just stopped by. I was like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And one of the managers was like, "What are you doing here? I thought you were on vacation." I was like, "No, nah, man, Dreamcast just came out." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just at home <laughs> playing video games. It's Soul Calibur. <laughs> exactly. Man, that that launch. I mean, not not to digress, but just man, Sonic, Soul Calibur, uh Mortal Kombat Gold, uh uh man, uh, NFL 2K. I know you guys aren't uh huge into sports, but like ready to rumble. I just remember coming home uh coming home that day with like seven or eight games like launch day like that was that, that was that was a blast yeah we'll never see that good of a launch day again no no i don't think so they, they wouldn't be able to patch all those games uh, uh in one day uh, with their day one patches 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, we're getting pretty close to time here. Uh, we're, we're trying to keep these uh, shows uh, bite-sized for you guys. We can get them out uh, more often. Um, but uh, so yeah, we had a little digression there into kind of like the the current news and uh, like the way things are going. Just I think by way of just being frustrated that we don't have that information you did miss last conversation too and i wanted to get a bit of your perspective so i'm happy we we went on that tangent specifically yeah no and and because and i thought that too i thought early on like maybe i'll just give like my little like two or three minute blip and i was like you know what we're gonna get into it because we're gonna get into you know shows and like what's been going on so yeah i I think uh i think uh, a bit of my opinion is uh on what's been going on the last shows in there and i echoed chris's sentiments on game pass in my intro when just talking about kind of like some of the things i've been playing with a few of them being on game pass but uh and and i'm i think i said earlier and i want to reiterate um, even though I'm like a bit of a Microsoft guy, um, I totally can see Nintendo having success, Sony having success, Microsoft having mm-hmm. success. I would like for them all to have success. I think they're all doing really different, interesting things in different ways. Um, and uh, 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 I think one the only other thing I didn't answer is, I think you guys were saying, like, will you be there day one? Like, will you be getting a you know, PS5 or Xbox the day it comes out? Uh, my answer is probably not. Um, and you've got a kid but, bug in you for a Series X now. You might so, need one under the that, Christmas tree. So, so that's conti- so it's contingent on um, uh, and anyone's opinion on the graphics of Halo Infinite. <laughs> notwithstanding, I'm going to play it because it's included with Game Pass. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be included with Game Pass for PC. Um, I have an ultra wide monitor. I have a pretty decently powered rig. Um, I'm probably going to play it on PC. Um, the the argument used to be my PC is more powerful than anything that the console is going to do. So given the choice, I'll do, you know, I'll do it on PC, but we still play the console all the time. So now that we have some 4k 60 frames per second with some rumors of support for uh, ultra wide monitors and uh, different resolutions, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more open to the uh, idea of going up to uh, the uh, series X. Um, But to re you know, to go off the same theme of, just not having enough information or being comfortable enough with the information uh, that we have. I just can't commit right now, but I've not ruled it out. I don't see getting a PS5 um, just because of where I am in the Microsoft ecosystem, you know, between the PC and already having like, you know, Game Pass especially. Um, But again, I'm, you know, very, very happy to to see Sony put out a really good box that uh, has some really good games on it. So I think that's, that's probably where I stand and, See if we can get this bad boy in under uh, under two hours. <laughs> Made it. We're so close. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to thank these two uh, gentlemen, Chris Cantrell and uh, Kelsey Polnick, for joining me. Um, these guys are uh, prolific on Twitter uh, at Kelsey Polnick. And uh, at CollectorCast is uh, where Chris uh, hangs out. You can find us on RFGeneration.com, CollectorCast.com, Spotify.com. Uh, threecooldudes.com is uh, taken, but we're looking to acquire it if it becomes available on GoDaddy. Uh, am I missing anything, guys? What else do we got to tell everyone about? Uh, and, you know, YouTube, right? Because you'll find this. this oh, recording. yeah, YouTube. I, yep. So, yeah, so we missed with, uh, with my uh, uh, Xbox Series X powered rig here. Uh, the guys couldn't do the video capture uh, without me here last week, but we're back to video this Didn't week. Didn't have so enough YouTube... teraflops last week. <laughs> nope, nope. You were one shy. <laughs> Needed one extra flop. So, uh, but yeah. So, um, and uh, we'd love to hear any feedback you have. Um, we've been using the same uh, kind of layout for a little bit. 
Uh, we're we've been toying with the idea of live streaming this. Um, I've still got to figure out uh, uh, if anyone out there has any uh, information on uh, uh, on setting this up. I'm I'm having some trouble figuring out how to get the 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 mix minus. I think is the term where we don't get echo on the live stream because it feeds it feeds the audio back to the stream. So I know you can do it with a mixing board, but I'm having a lot of trouble figuring out how to do it with three remote people. So we are looking into Twitch. If anyone has any uh, tips for me, I will uh, accept uh, tips. Uh, I'm uh, Bill McGee uh, on Twitter, B-I-L. And yeah, I think that'll just about do it. So thanks for joining us and we will see you next time.